Hello and welcome to the Ham Radio Crash Course Podcast. My name is Josh, amateur radio call sign KI6NAZ. And I'm Leia, KN6NWZ. And we are back from the camp out and it's time to podcast. So let's get started, shall we? Hell of a week. It feels like the camp out was at least two weeks ago. I know, but it was like last weekend. It was it was a it was a lot. I'm impressed that we could get it all in the back of the truck. <laughs> I'm it was still a wonderful shocked. game of Tetris. I am still shocked that we got and it. Thanks all. to Brooks for helping you out, packing it out, because he helped you load the truck while I literally was watching it happen. Mm-hmm. I was like, I could go over there. But it seems like Brooks is a better partner. And than, shout out to me. Brooks as well for he we call him, we call him Ice Man now <laughs> for bringing so much ice, cold as ice, and keeping it keeping it cold because he had a a, a powered cooler. One yeah. could call it a fridge, <laughs> I guess. Uh, and he he kept us in ice the whole weekend, which really did help because Leia brought. Uh, again, dear podcast listener, you might have probably guessed that when Leia goes camping, she doesn't do it like simple. It's not hot dogs and stuff. She brought three or four casseroles. There yes. were three camp ovens. There was cookie dough for cookies. There was <laughs> marinated chicken, all of which was the second night food. Yes. So it needed to be kept cold. Right. So we had three coolers. That was it was it was a lot. A lot of stuff, but I had a blast. Uh, we'll talk about that a little bit later in the show. As, oh, we are? As part, it's a twofer for the show topic wow. today. Yeah, so I hope you hope you all are ready. We really appreciate you listening. How are you How are you doing, though? You say you've said nothing so far. But what do you mean? I'm recovering from camping. Still? Yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> there you go. Well, hey, we like to kick off the Ham Radio Crash Course with the Ham Radio Minute. It's never a minute. And today is don't blow up your QRP radios with power. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, there, there's. It's not necessarily a new trend, but some of the QRP radios, they like a certain voltage. And often they don't take the 13, call it 13.8 standard that a lot of our larger lithium ion batteries put out. So like your BioNO batteries, for instance, right? It's a 13.8 standard, particularly with QRP radios. And two come to mind. The first is the Mountain Topper three band radio that likes 12 watts and less. It will run off a nine volt battery and it does a pretty good job. It's a tiny little small radio. It doesn't put out a lot of power, but that's also not the point. It does Morse code, it does CW, so it gets out just fine. But a, a newer radio that a lot of people have been talking about, particularly since the tech prepper started covering it, is the QDX, which is a digital-only radio. It does uh, frequency shift keying, I believe, FSK. And that radio, they're kind of loosey-goosey in the documentation of what the maximum power acceptance is the doc the website and the document claims 13 volts but it doesn't specify anything past the decimal point it just says 13 volts now i have three of these i've built one and then for just comparative sake i bought two from qrp labs that were pre-assembled 
Now, my one that I built, and it's uh, it's no surprise, is probably not as reliable as the two that I purchased pre-assembled from QRP Labs. While mine does work, and we, we tested that on a live stream, I don't know that I would necessarily depend on it uh, for, for any amount of time. With that said, I did take the QDX and I connected it to a 13.8 power supply, okay. and I let it run all night on JSA call and uh and and all day and it seemed to do fine so i'm not necessarily worried about it but because of it being a kit radio and them not specifying hey 13.8 is okay but saying 13 uh, i know the tech prepper has been a bit cautious and he's kept it at 13 and under and you can do that with a lot of power supplies you can just bring it down to 13 volts but here's the point in the minute i'm horrible at that I just grab us a power supply, whether it's a battery or literally a bench power supply, and I just start plugging it in stuff. So I have to be extra cautious to not blow up radios. I'm super cautious about my three-band mountain topper because I don't want to accidentally connect it into my standard bench supply I use for testing and then you know just blow it up because I wasn't mindful of it. So do keep that in mind, and if that goes so far as like you know making sure the connector that you have for the radio, as I do, is... Um, it's unique enough that when I pick it up, I go, oh, this is the mountain topper connector. And I know that, oh, I got to keep it under 12 volts when I want to run it. Just, just stuff to remember and stuff to be cognizant of when you start thinking of standardizing your power approach, whether it's batteries or power supply, etc. It's always a good idea to have something that's adjustable in voltage um, or, you know, go with some other options like those um, step up converters I talked about in a recent video. So there you go. Leah, would you like to take a test? Right into it. It surprises you every week. It really does. It really... Well, you get that tuned up. We we don't normally talk anymore much about what we're drinking, but um, shout out to Austin, who came out to the camp out, and I I do believe uh, Austin, W4PBL, he brought moonshine. Yeah, it's an orange dreamsicle moonshine. There's a bit left over. And it's good. It's really good it stuff. It smells like gasoline. It it well, I've had like straight shine, like yeah. legit, you know, clear shine. That's, you know, ethanol basically. Yes. But this is still mighty strong. And you have concocted something out of this. You said Well, it tastes fine actually without Oh yeah, you don't need anything. it. Anything when you taste it, you're like, wow, I can't believe that it, it, there's like actually very I can't believe it's pop- all gas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't believe it's all fuel. Uh, but I mixed it with uh, pineapple juice. Yeah, so you got a... Like a cactus cooler kind of thing going on. A orange dreamsicle pineapple. You know what it's giving? Hmm. Orange Julius. But yes, I love which, orange Julius. Oh, man. That is that is a, one of my favorite things from my childhood. I don't think I've had an orange Julius in years do they still exist oh no they're at dairy queen no yes you were recently near julius i was in the establishment that sells julius mm-hmm. and i did not get a julius you were julius adjacent hmm. that's pretty much the only thing i get when i go to dairy queen an orange julius mm-hmm. <laughs> sometimes you have <laughs> a thing you do that is like again it's like an alien is pretending to be a human. Like, hello, fellow humans. I also enjoy the Dairy Queen. Now, please, hand me the citrus beverage. 
No Blizzard? Are you kidding me? Oh, I, Blizzards are like my least favorite. Are it's you? like, why do you have to mix so many things in there that are crunchy? Like, <laughs> I thought you were going to talk about the dipped cone. And the problem with the dipped cone is actually the texture of the chocolate. I don't, I don't have any problem with disliking the dipped cone. I, but yeah. like Blizzard is the, re- is the reason to go to a Dairy Queen. It is. Well, I mean, they got ice cream cakes. They got a whole bunch of stuff. But pretty much everything at Dairy Queen is okay. Oh, the Dairy good. Queen ice cream cakes are okay, actually. Yeah, they're okay. Yeah. Third tier. They're, they're no the, Carvel. They're no but... Carvel or Baskin Robbins. Yeah. We can both agree <laughs> that we can crap all over the Dairy Queen ice cream cake. <laughs> Without question. <laughs> I, we're on the same page on that one. I just looked at the can of beer you have in front of you that's waiting for you to finish the drink that I made for you to drink it. Yes. And I thought it said Founders Amish Sky. <laughs> Founders All Day Crimson Sky? Yeah. The Session Red Ale or Red IPA? I'm very... Oh, give me that one. Gib. Okay. I want that one. Well, it's Stop. good. It's, we're all right here. You can... No, you take the Golden Monkey because... Because it's nine percent alcohol, and it's like a Belgian triple ale, which Belgian triple is the best. Those are very good, but I, I always love a red ale. Well, you can try it. It's still an IPA. All right, I am on question twenty-eight of thirty-five. You're just gonna knock it out? I'm not sure. I'm pretty tired. Yeah, no, I know. We we stayed up really late. What is the approximate bandwidth of a Pactor 3 signal at a maximum data rate? A, 31.5 hertz, B, 2300 hertz, C, 1800 hertz, or D, 500 hertz? I selected B, 2300 hertz. You're that is correct. correct. The next question reads, What of uh, which of the following describes a linear amplifier? <laughs> linear. What? A linear. I said linear. No, I know. It's... <laughs> It's, it's an old i don't know it's like an old it's like an om slash c beer like i don't call linears linears what I, it's a long dumb joke yeah they're really funny when you have to explain them oh i know that's the best <laughs> hey any rf power amplifier used in conjunction with an amateur with a junction. transceiver b an amplifier used as a frequency multiplier C, an amplifier in which the output preserves the input waveform, or D, a class C high-efficiency amplifier. I got this one wrong. Uh, The answer is an amplifier in which the output preserves the input waveform. Mm. Linear. Great. I'll really remember that. Uh, In what segment (laughs) of the 20-meter band are most PSK31 operations commonly found? A, at the top of the SSB phone segment near 14.325 megahertz, in the middle of the CW segment near 14.100 megahertz, C, at the bottom of the slow scan TV segment near the 14.23 megahertz, or D, below the RIDI segment near the 14.070 megahertz. I guessed mm. below the RIDI segment near the 14.070 megahertz, and I was correct. You were correct. That's also where FT8's at. Great. Or uh, up just above that. Makes sense. RIDI. RIDI's not FT8. No, I'm saying it makes sense that all that stuff gets shoved. All that stuff. Yeah. 
Which of the following would disqualify a third party from participating in stating a message over an amateur station? A, the third party is a licensed amateur. B, the third party is not a U.S. citizen. C, the third party's amateur license has been revoked and not reinstated. Or D, the third party is speaking in a language other than English. The answer is C, a third party's amateur license has been revoked and not reinstated. Or E, the operator's a dog. <laughs> Did you know that Idlewild's mare is a dog? Yes. Yes. That would solve so many problems. <laughs> yeah, it really would. Okay, do, did I talk on, I, I think I did, about the land dispute in yes. Colorado? Why don't you? Yes. You just teased it. Finish yeah. the test oh, and then man. you can talk about it. Yes. I like the, Let's tease it. You're just trying to rein me in. It's that positive motivation you know? to uh, to finish up so you can get to talk about this. Because I saw the brightness come out of your face. I'm like, nope, <laughs> gotta shut that right down. <laughs> so shut it down. Talk about that. Can't wait for everybody to hear this story. It's wonderful. What precautions should be taken when installing a ground-mounted antenna? A, it should be limited to 10 feet in height. B, it should not be installed higher than you can reach. C, it should not be installed in a wet area. Or D, it should be installed such that it is protected against unauthorized access. This is easy. It's D. Yes. Yeah. Of course. Which is it should be installed such that it is protected from unauthorized access. Install it in a playground where the children like to go. (laughs) Install it on the monkey bars. No, Jungle Gym. Jungle Gym would make a better antenna. What should you do if a CW station sends QRS? A, send slower. B, increase your power. C, change frequency. <laughs> Shut off D, radio. repeat everything twice. It is A, send slower. Hey. All right. How close to the lower edge of the phone segment should your displayed carrier frequency be when using 3 kilohertz wide lower sideband? Uh, or LSB, mm-hmm. as stated in the question. Really, these acronyms, I think, are like, if you're going to take the test, that's just the first thing you got to knock out. you got to know the acronyms. Just oh, it's all. Start yeah. there. A, at least three kilohertz below the edge of the segment, at least one kilohertz above the edge of the segment. C, at least three kilohertz above the edge of the segment. Or D, at least one kilohertz below the edge of the segment. Mm. You understand mm. what it's asking, right? Yeah. I know that it's supposed to be above the edge of the segment. I just didn't remember whether it was one or three. It is three. Sure. Yeah. All right. Last question. Of the whole thing? Yeah. Okay. Which of the following best describes the radiation pattern of a quarter wave ground plane vertical antenna? A, omnidirectional in azimuth. B, bidirectional azimuth, C, hemispherical, or D, isotropic? And the answer is A, omnidirectional it in is azimuth. true. Yeah. Let's see how I did. Uh, 21 out of 35. That's pretty close. You're getting closer. Yeah, I'm five away. I think it was away. like 18. Five away. So there you go. Well, hey study along oh wait you'd want me to let me let me do the the wrap up for this and then you can take it away with your story because it's a good one well study along with leia won't you 
Check out hamstudy.org, a free website for taking practice exams, whether it's your technician, general, or extra. They got you covered, as well as some of the background information to help you out. And if you prefer studying with books, we highly recommend the Gordon West Ham Radio test prep books that are on Amazon. Links are in the show notes. As well, if you like audiobooks as I do, we highly recommend the Fast Track to Your Ham Radio license books on Audible, and the links for that are also in the show notes, and they also have Technician, General, and Extra. Leia, what is going on with that house? Okay. Give give people like a I'm going to give a background. Quick background. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This woman, during the pandemic, mm-hmm. decides that she's going to buy her dream house. Yes. Sight unseen, right? Just the the real estate pictures. Saw some pictures. Right? And was like, in. love it. Done. Because it's got a creek running through the backyard. I love it. Okay. Creek in the backyard. It um, it also creek. is uh, next to a park. There is a park that is um, on the other side of the shore mm-hmm. of the creek. The, right? The, yeah. So the one, one side of the shore is on her property. No, both sides of the shore are her property. Ah, very important distinction. There's a okay. park that is supposed to be adjacent to her property. No, there. Yes, the the other side of the creek. But the shoreline of that creek is also hers. Yes, both sides of the creek are hers. Right. Okay. Important okay. distinction. <clears throat> so this this is really fascinating because it's a land rights issue. And okay. You know what? Oof. You know what? Few people have said. Yeah. This is really fascinating because it's a land rights issue. <laughs> We're so losing people later. She she moves into the house and it's like I think winter when she moves in. Yeah. And then as summer rolls around, she finds that people are playing in her backyard. Mm-hmm. And she goes out and she's like, you know, excuse me, this is this is private property. And she starts getting yelled at. Mm-hmm. They were like, No, this is a part of the park blah 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 and uh it escalates into just a large amounts of harassment against her uh and then the it gets way worse these people i I think the group is called like evergreen mountain mamas or something like that (laughs) um they form or they are a part of a group that forms the Friends of Kittredge Park, which then go lobby Jefferson County Board of Supervisors to ensure that they can use the land. Meanwhile, they're like leaving trash on her property that she has to clean up. They're tearing trees out of the ground. They're digging along the shoreline, mm-hmm. eroding like the creek. Right. Right. And uh, so they take her to court. Right. Under adverse possession. Of her land. And now keep in mind, the county's own maps show where the property lines are. Mm-hmm. She has title insurance. Mm-hmm. There, there, multiple surveyors come out and confirm this is a part of her land. Now, the reason why there is a question about the boundary of her land is that the creek moves over time. Sure, as as all waters do. And a, a long, long time ago, the creek was... The, Elsewhere. Well, it was the boundary for the property. Right. Right? But over time, the creek moved. Mm-hmm. But even in the city's map, it shows that the creek moved 
that boundary is still the boundary for her land. Right. The, right? the lot space. Yeah. And she's she's literally paying property taxes and insurance on this so area. So people are literally on her property. Right. Near bodies of water, sometimes leaving their kids unattended. It's a massive liability issue. Huge right? liability. Okay. So this this dispute goes on for almost two years. Uh, yes. Okay. And All she, through COVID. And she's paying for like attorneys. Mm-hmm. To defend her land. Meanwhile, she is still paying and she's forced to l- open access to the park while the dispute's going. Right. And she's a pariah in this in the town. Right. Right. Turns out that South Park, the show, is actually based off of Kittredge. No way. Yes. Really? Confirmed. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So there and there are characters in the town no. that are almost exactly. Y- yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So that's a, a whole nother story. Anyway, so at first she's just getting demolished. And she starts, because she has a background in internet marketing, starts putting this all on social media mm-hmm. and makes it a national issue mm-hmm. about are you going to take this woman's land that she purchased? And do you understand the precedent you are setting that your the surveyors cannot be trusted. The title insurance companies cannot be trusted. The, the county maps cannot be trusted. Mm-hmm. And that if you decide that you want a very picturesque area, that that could somehow be taken. Just just taken out yeah, from under you. exactly. Yeah. So this all comes to a head. They're supposed to go to court in May. They reached settlement without even going to court. But they dragged it out. Until like I think within days of what the the when the court hearing is supposed to be. Now we should also say that she actually offered to sell that mm-hmm. part of the property, that side of the shoreline, to the city, right? The and county, the county, yeah. And they said no, that mm-hmm. they just wanted to take it. Well, yeah. While they were in the middle of negotiations over the purchase, right? They filed a lawsuit. Yes. Which is such a dick move, right? <laughs> So she tried, I think, many ways of resolving. Absolutely. This. And they were like, "Nope, we're gonna, we're gonna try to force you out." And meanwhile, there, there are like people who are taking their dogs there and like letting their dogs defecate. They're not cleaning up after it. Like, how pissed would you be if somebody were to leave their dogs' defecations in your backyard? I, I mean, oops, all broken glass. Yeah. <laughs> So uh, they reached the settlement. Yeah. And they announced the settlement in a massive meeting for the community. Mm-hmm. Okay. It is. It is all the people who have been so angry with her. She obviously has some supporters there, too. Of course. But uh, literally, you're seeing the faces of people that she has oh, filmed, I... right? Like that have been to her property holding up middle fingers at her. And you see all their faces. Okay. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay. So they announce what ends up happening is that she keeps the majority of the shoreline. She has conceded a section of the shoreline Mm -hmm. and it's actually kind of a small section Mm -hmm. um, for a quarter of a million dollars, (laughs) not including attorney's fees. Oh, wow. Okay. So uh, the county has agreed to be responsible for putting up and maintaining the fences that go around her property. To protect her property. Right. Mm -hmm. And they have to redo the trails 
so that the trails only lead to To the the access point, right? Right. And then things that basically delineate where it is private property and public property. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that's... That sliver I saw it on a map, and I'm like, I don't even know how the number of people that were in her backyard are going to... It doesn't matter. They have access to this creek farther up. They just don't want to go there. It's not convenient. Because it's, it's just farther going away. Yard. Sure. Right? Yeah. Okay. So then people start asking, where's the $250,000 coming from? Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, you know, we have a fund for um, for like, you know, recreation and parks and blah, 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 that is ultimately funded by taxpayer dollars. <laughs> the general and then, fund. And people are repeatedly asking, like, it does not comprehend in their mind, like the gears are not appropriately right, right, working. Right. Gears like, aren't meshed why, up. Why are you paying her? Like, <laughs> Like, they're essentially buying that plot of land. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they end up covering attorney's fees. I think she actually has to go after the previous homeowners because there is a section in the whatever real estate sales document mm-hmm. where, like, is any of this property used by the public? Mm-hmm. And they check no. Wow. So it's actually fraud on their part. Well, she can still sue this. She can sue them both. Yeah, I mean, well, they, she settled with the county already, but the so, so there you go. Pretty satisfying. It it's, all uh, it all wrapped up for you. <laughs> you would not. Believe, I mean, it's something that was happening in Colorado, but all of these things set precedents. Right, right. right? This is all like, now. If it went to court, mm-hmm. I mean, once you settle, it's not. It has no legal impact. Right. Yeah. So well, there you go. We finally got the end of that. That saga. Well, now it's on to season two. What happens with the, the right. sellers? Right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so join the conversation by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts. Oh, I love reviews. For the Ham Radio Crash Course podcast and or emailing us at leia at hamtactical.com. Leaving a review wherever you listen to the podcast will help the Ham Radio Crash Course reach more hams and the ham curious and we appreciate it. We have a review. We do? From Idaho Marine. Hey, Idaho Marine. And they write, great podcast. Hello Thank there. You. Hello there, Josh and Leah. And I have to say, I uh, I read part of this like really quickly. So okay. I, I'll, I'll get to what I, I'll get to what it says and then I'll tell you what I read. Okay. <laughs> I absolutely love this podcast. I drive a lot for work. When I first read that, I'm like, I drink a lot for work. <laughs> <laughs> what? Not Idaho Marine. Not, He's no. a responsible no. individual. He drives a yes. lot for work or, you know. They drive a lot for So I enjoy having a longer podcast to listen to. The show is a great combination of entertainment and information. Thank you. Infotainment about the ham radio hobby. The YouTube channel in this podcast has been very instrumental in me getting my general license. And I'll just give them the... Thank you. Congratulations. And helped me in getting my shack set up. I'm working towards extra and would also like to learn CW. Thank you for the great show. 73 from K7EGA. Scott. Well, thank you, Scott. Thank we appreciate you, Scott. that. And we appreciate Amazing. everybody who drops us a review. Written is loved because we can speak it out on the podcast. But if you just leave us five stars, it's a really, really appreciated over at the Apple Podcast. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Into the unknown I will go. go. 
for I shall fear no man of peace, one foot after the other, for I am prepared to survive. I'm not allergic to bees. Welcome to the Preparedness Corner. Leia's picked out something maybe interesting for us this week. What is it, Leia? Well, this week comes from r slash preparedness. Oh, jeez. Okay. We're back to the well. It's uh, by Serious Goofball. <laughs> transfer switch. If you have your own home, you should really install a transfer switch. What do you think about this? They're right. Well, I... Particularly if you have a generator or some kind of off-grid power solution. Just got done having some work done and testing my systems. Made me think about posting this. When I first bought my current home several years ago, one of the first things I did was have a transfer switch installed. Had one at my previous home, too. Okay. What's a transfer switch? It's a secondary fuse box that takes power from a generator and feeds it to various circuits in your home. Why? Because if the power goes out, you can either run a bunch of extension cords or you can feed power directly into your home with a transfer switch. For example, I have an electric water heater. It's wired directly because it's a 240-volt heater, mm -hmm. 4,500 watts. In a power outage, there's no way to power the water heater without a transfer switch. Now, if I lose power, I start the generator, generator plug it into the receptacle, and flip a switch. Hot water. I've got the master bedroom, bath, and kitchen wired. So in an extended outage, we can live in one room and have heat or air, hot showers, lights, working fridge, and hot food. I didn't wire the stove, but the kitchen plugs are wired so that we can use the toaster, oven, microwave, and hot plate if we want. It makes the whole process of using a generator much easier. Yes. Just a suggestion. Quick edit for those suggesting using a breaker interlock. That's a to another totally viable option. I knew I would really only use a certain set of circuits, and I like having the separate set of breakers. But that's a personal choice. Sure. The important thing is feeding power directly into the house without backfeeding the line. Yes. Yeah, that's it. So That's so, the advice. So basically, to state it another way, and, and this is the safety aspect. If you have a power outage and it's not like an emergency, let's say there's actually like a transformer that blows up or something, mm -hmm. and you and you plug in a generator into one of your plugs on your home, you will power your home, but you're also powering anything that's connected to the line off of the mains. Mm -hmm. And that could be uh, someone working on the lines, for instance. Oh, yes. So that's what. So the most important thing is if you have a power outage and you're going to try and supply power to your home, at the very least flip off the main breaker very important well, uh, so we did install a home power management system it is it is a transfer switch yeah right it's a transfer switch that runs off the truck yeah so when there's a power outage it senses the power outage it trips the main breaker and it runs a selected amount of breakers about 10 or so um, on the truck so let me ask you a question mm -hmm. could we mm -hmm. in a power outage power the truck with either solar power or a generator to have that feedback into the oh, house geez. i don't think so uh i think that the truck would draw too much power to make that happen we would need a significant amount of solar panels to to mm. charge up the truck not to say that it's something i haven't thought about doing because hypothetically 
at, at, at the very least, it would decrease the cost of charging the truck. Right. Which is already pretty cheap, but, mm. well, it's cheaper than buying gas. Okay. I'm saying in comparison to buying gas, it's cheaper. I mean, depend. Uh, we'll see in the summer. No, it, off of the home, it's still going to be cheaper. It's still uh, going to be cheaper than gas. Depends on power tiers. The summer blends, though. And there's a, an asinine thing happening in California right now where they're talking about increasing just the base cost of service to anybody who doesn't qualify as low income yeah they, they to like 85 dollars base they like a fee on to, top of they've connected it to salaries that's crazy I, that is the most like socialist thing that is insane power but, is power dog like <laughs> but we we're on a on a power tier system so if your usage goes over a certain amount, which is like very common in the summer, oh, yeah, yeah. that you get bumped into the next power tier and then your your power use becomes astronomically expensive. You become a power ranger. I mean, I think we've had a power bill that was like $900 in the summer. 900 Yes. I thought it was like 500 at the No, most. no. What? Those days are gone. What days are gone? The five hundred dollar, yeah. yeah, okay, yeah. Uh, yeah I guess we, we'll have to go back and look at it at the end of the year, like what the cost savings was of going electric truck versus gas truck. But the amount of attention I get driving that truck, though, is so weird. Oh yeah, like literally today, I'm I'm sitting in the parking lot after uh, open house, and somebody comes over to talk to me about the car. The thing I get the most is dudes who are also in trucks, but they're gas trucks. Uh-huh. They'll drive up next to me, and uh-huh. then they'll like just rev it. They'll just <laughs> rev their engine. It's like I, I, I know you have an engine. <laughs> the weird thing was the person who came up to talk to me about it. I thought it was that they were fascinated that it was an electric truck, and then uh, they were just like, "Oh, that's a really nice truck." And I was like, "Yeah, it's got like a frunk, and then it's got you know the bed." And then they're like, "Oh, it's electric." <laughs> <laughs> That always that always shocks people. People see me throwing backpacks underneath the hood, and they're like, "Is this guy insane? Is he just storing his backpacks in the engine compartment? What the heck's going on with this guy?" Uh, that's that's always a crack up for me. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Maybe we'll we'll look at solar. The problem with solar is it it takes a long time to recoup the cost, and they have a, a they have a shelf life to them. Seven years, right? Mm, I think they're better than that now, but fifteen years regardless we'll have to look into it i just don't want to go with a company that like you can't have like a so i would like a power bank system like of batteries that would run the ham radios and stuff Mm -hmm. in addition to charging the truck uh and i don't know how easy that all is to do also sounds like it's probably an rf prepper solar company that understands ham radio but it'd have to be rf quiet and that's the concern that i have so yeah anyway so is that it that's the preparedness corner that's the preparedness corner so the show topic. All right. So today's so discussion for today is go on to the show. This is a bit of a show topic. The, the topic of today's show is gentlemen. Let's get down to business. So the show topic is a twofer, and we're going to talk about the HRCC camp out here in a second. But I got a physical mail, and normally I would have waited for the physical mail depot. Sure. To talk about this, but it deserves a, a show topic discussion. And I'm just going to say this is from M. M, you may know who you, who you are. And if you listen to the podcast, hey. Uh, but you didn't give me a way to contact you other than a phone number. And I don't know 
how we're going to handle that. I guess you got your call sign here, so I can probably email you. Anyway, it says, greetings, Josh. I need to start by asking you to understand that no matter how any of the following text sounds, I am not angry, nor do I mean to I'm point any blame at you. <laughs> I'm not angry. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> Uh, at you or the HRCC. That's why I actually did the snail mail thing. So no one could see this online in a comment section and blame HRCC for my stupidity and ignorance. Okay. <laughs> so I'm a new, I'm so I'm new to amateur radio, lots of CB and sideband back in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Then GMRS, he says rugged radio, GMR 45, and some HTs. Then a Baofeng UV5R tri-power unit and a couple of UV82s. HRCC taught me how to use every Baofeng I own. Well, I'm glad I could help. Fantastic. Along with many other things, including the information needed to just recently get my technician class exam. Congratulations. Yes. Something I've wanted for years, but only did because of your inspiration and constant uh, surety of ease. After getting my technician class, I thought it would be a good time to go get some equipment. I wanted to get something that would carry me into the future as my experience level came up as well as something portable. I happened to see the Yesu products on sale and consequently about the same time watch your video about the FT710, which is a new radio. If you have not figured it out yet, I went out and bought the Yesu FT710 and a PowerWorks SPS 30DN, and an LDG AT200 or 200 Pro 2, or as we like to call it, the Prol. The Prol. Because the Pro and the 2 have like no spacing between them. Ooh. So I just call it the Prol, and mm -hmm. everybody gets mad. It's always really funny. It's an auto-tuner, and a rig runner 400SH, and two 8-foot copper ground rods, one for the shack and one for antennas with a five-foot braided ground strap to boot and a ground plate and 50 feet of number 10 braided black wire. This was to this was to be a from the ground up shack build. I went to YouTube oh boy. I went to YouTube University once again and took miles of notes mostly watching HRCC and HR4NT. HR4NT has a ground station that is resonantly strong, but or sorry, resonantly wrong, but looks cool. Round oh. copper tube is resonant, so is the solid copper wire he ran to the copper tube. And of course, as soon as I explained that cool ground station to an Elmer, I was quickly shot a sheet. So I redid it. Okay. <laughs> the Elmer has not returned my call since. What? I was also sold a 66-foot off-center fed antenna, not the coax to go with it, he wrote in parentheses, laugh out loud. After I got all this home, radio equipment, antennas, and shack building materials, I went to work. Starting at the ground rod and working from there, I made every mistake a noob can make. After a week's worth of blood, sweat, and tears, I have what I think is a complete radio shack and should be ready to get on the air. Okay. Yep, you said it. Now I'm out of class for 80% of what the supposedly awesome FT710 can do. It's like putting on your daddy's boots as a little boy and realizing you're in over your head. You this, try to make a step. I understand why he sent this 
as male because I imagine him going into mm-hmm. like any ham radio forum mm-hmm. would just get chew him up. Yep. Chew him up. Absolutely. <clears throat> Lots of unkind words would be occurring. I oh, think. yeah. Well, he's going to get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> Realizing you're in overhead, you try to take a step only to fall on your face. So I went out and purchased a Yesu FT991 Alpha <laughs> as the portable unit I wanted. I brought it home, set it up, and with a M70 mic, and I'm pretty sure that's an expensive one, and the mount-on external speaker for the 710, so I am even deeper now. I'm now so over my head, I get my UV5R out and ask for help. Please take into consideration, this is in open parentheses, please take into consideration that I have put up three antennas, a 66-foot off-center fed wire, a homemade two-meter dipole antenna with radials, and a 30 uh, I think maybe 30-inch multi-136 through 174, 400 through 470 UHF VHF antenna. None have been matched to my radios, meaning he probably didn't manually adjust them. When I ask for help on a local repeater, I am told that I am the reason for harder technician exams and that my machines should have come with babysitters. <sighs> Attention HRCC. I'm so done. As I write this letter, I'm sitting next to $4,000 worth of gear that I can't talk on or even listen on. I'm 60 years old, retired, and partially disabled. As soon as you get your technician class, everyone says, now get your general. But nobody wants to offer a darn bit of help if they think you might have better equipment than them. Well, Josh, all that's happened is I watched everyone put on their number one salesman hat, sell me equipment I can't use, then go home and have a good laugh. Really? Wow, I feel so completely stupid, dumb, and ignorant that at this time I'm looking for beachfront property in Arizona. I could really use some help here, but it seems all hams are good for is explaining things in the same exact language we didn't understand the first time. And then this is in all caps. My wife is so pissed at me, I may have to sell my Harley. Oh, no. Sincerely, M. Um, Boy, there are so many things to talk about on this. The first that I would like to say to M is, um, it is true that you bought the, the Yesu 710. And while there are many bands that technicians actually have access to, most of them require understanding Morse code which is likely something you, you might not have. You do have access to 10 meters, and you have a pretty large space within 10 meters. And that space, uh, particularly right now, every day from morning until afternoon, late afternoon and into the evening in some cases, is hopping with DX. So uh, the first thing I would tell you to do is buck up, you know, buckaroo, you already have all the equipment to make some impressive contacts on 10 meters. You just need to get your off-center fed antenna up and as high as you can in the air. Um, you likely don't even need to use a tuner on that antenna, and you can go straight to the 710 and just run 10 meters. Between 28.300 and 28.500 is the technician frequency space. So get on the air with that. Get started doing that, and you should be good to go. Now, I would hope that as you go through that process and build the experience from all of that, 
you'll learn a lot. And then once you learn a lot, you can turn that, parlay that, if you will, into a general license. And then, then you'll have access to more bands. And that off-center fed dipole that you already put up, you well, you can now get on 20 and 40 and 17, 15, 12. You get the idea. So that, that's just the first thing, right? That's all within your power to do. And uh, that is within your control. And you can make all of those dreams come true. Now, for everything else... I just don't know because I wasn't there. I don't know what the discussion was, but repeaters can be a tough place sometimes, particularly if um, if you're just trying to get help. Um, I know you mentioned that they were jealous of you having better equipment, but I mean, is there really, really any way of knowing that for sure, unless it was a part of your conversation that you were having with them? You know, I don't know. Uh, most of the time, though, I've found that while you may get some yahoos out there that will kind of use the opportunity to make fun of a new ham, uh, you can generally find someone that is helpful. Now, how you do that, yeah, that's the tougher one. In, being in Hemet, California and being familiar with the area, I know there's not a ham radio outlet near you, so you can't just pop in there uh, for some help. But I'm sure you bought that equipment from somewhere. And if you bought that equipment from somewhere like a store, maybe online, Ham Radio Outlet, Gigaparts, or DX Engineering, you absolutely can call them back and talk to them and discuss your purchases and what you've done there. And they'll help you. They'll actually will help you try and figure it out if you need that uh, in-person discussion. I've personally seen Bob on the phone for the entirety of my being in the store talking to the same person trying to help them out. Well, it's a true story. So it's real. And um, the, you've got a ton of people who actually do want you to succeed. They, they don't want to just sell you radios and then uh, send you on your way because what sense does that make? Why would I... What, what was the joke? Uh, why would you slaughter a cow? You can only eat it once, but you could you know, milk the right, cow for right. the rest of its life. Same with a chicken. You can kill a chicken only once, but you can get eggs from it, you know, for a very long time. The The assumption being that you're never really only going to buy one radio. You're never really only going to buy one length of coax. Uh, you know, if, if ham radio is your thing, and if we took the law of averages here, a lot of people buy a lot of things from a lot of ham radio stores over the course of their <laughs> yes. ham radio career. It's kind of unavoidable. So they absolutely want to help you on your journey. I will not besmirch QRZ here, um, but that can sometimes be a salty place too. But again, there's a lot of really helpful uh, posts that have already been made. I would beseech you to look Ooh. into questions that have already been asked that you may be asking again it is likely okay there's really no questions that have been asked unless it's truly cutting edge stuff in ham radio that haven't been covered in some way in the past right so it's really just a matter of you figuring out how to get access to those questions that have been asked before it can be as simple as doing a Google search and going to QRZ and displaying Google research that is scraping QRZ's website. I have done this. I do this still. Um, YouTube videos. Ask your question in the YouTube search window and see if you get an answer that pops out. It's likely it ex already exists. Now, it's true. You might not be able to say, you know, how do I set up an antenna for my Yesu 710? That's probably not going to get you anywhere because that's a brand new radio and antennas are not specific to the Yesu 710. Mm -hmm. It's going to be specific to the type of antenna. How do I set up an off-center fed? Boom, there you go. How to tune an antenna. Not use a tuner, but tune them for resonance. That's a thing you can do too, right? There's lots of ways to go about this. So I, I would, again... Um, 
recommend join our Discord on the Ham Radio Crash Course. Go to hashtag ham help. There's a ton of people in there that are helping out people like yourself all the time understand ham radio better. Um, going for the 710 might have been a big step because it doesn't do VHF, UHF. The 991 Alpha that you said you have now is is probably uh, going to be more useful in the immediate term for you, but it's likely um, not going to be better than the 710 when you get to HF and you start being more active there. So, man, lots of things there. I don't want you to get discouraged. There's lots of ways to surmount your issues. I know you left me your phone number to give you a call. And I also Josh doesn't really do calls, though. Um, yeah, I just don't have the time. So I will try to use your call sign to find an email, at least in the first step. Uh, and then we'll go from there. We'll figure out if we need to do a... I understand a what he's getting at, though. Yeah, especially, Especially, like, kind of how plug-and-play our technology is now. Mm-hmm. Going to something that is... So I mean, ham radio is self-reliant. It is. Yeah, I I don't... Oh, boy. It's, I, I mean, it's just... So I, I like the tech prepper a lot. Mm-hmm. I really like him. I like what he's doing. I think he's got... He's really smart, and, he, and he, he makes some really cool stuff. But his mission in ham radio is to turn it into a button that does the thing. Sure. It does all the things for you after you click a button. That is the antithesis of, of me and honestly the ham radio crash course. I okay. would prefer to explain how to do the complicated thing than to obfuscate the complications. Right. I mm-hmm. think the I think the mental tool set that we build in learning ham radio is the important part. It's the part that makes the hobby fun. And this does start dipping into when does a ham radio turn into an appliance? Because if it's simply a button I press and it does all the things, well, then, you know, what's the fun of it? For the tech prepper, he'll be very honest in saying, hey, I use ham radio when I'm out doing the other things that I enjoy in life. I'm a trail runner. I'm out there every morning. I run. I right. put down. I'm putting down mileage. So for him, yeah, more convenience is going to be useful. And I get that. Uh, and there are places for all of it. But me, generally, I like to understand how things work, what makes them tick and all that fun stuff. To the level of my understanding, because you know I'm I'm just not an electrician, um, or or a double E, so yeah I I I think that you know well, what's the term in the military is it the army embrace the suck okay I, I think there's <laughs> I think there's actually an enjoyment you get from frustration in trying to surmount a problem in ham radio. I okay. know many people feel the way I do on that. And I know that there's some people that just don't want that, right? And they and they do want the the fast answer, right? And the and the easy way out. And there's really nothing wrong with that too, but I would I guess I would always say like, hey, let's try and figure it out um the way that many people have been doing it in the past for a very long time before we try and obfuscate that complication. Because that's always gonna make you a more well rounded ham in the long run. Challenge yourself. Challenge yourself to do it the sometimes complicated thing, and I think it'll pay off for you. So, yeah, there you go. All right. All right, so part two, HRCC Campout. So fun. I have a couple of questions for you. Oh. Favorite thing that happened? Um, my absolute favorite thing? 
Yes. Was well, getting up. No, I, uh, the fifth favorite thing. The like, Getting up in the morning uh-huh. and because of the elevation and the valleys around us, mm. you could see the clouds. They looked like a blanket, like a cotton blanket. That was particularly Sunday. Below Sunday morning was like that, right? Both mornings were like oh, it was, that. Okay. But I didn't really get up early enough to on Saturday. Mm-hmm. So it looked like a blanket mm-hmm. that you were looking on top of. Yeah. And then as the clouds rose, you were in the cloud. In the cloud. I love that. Was that a cloud tsunami? No. No? No. Oh. Okay. I think my favorite thing, and it's a very ham radio thing, is um, when the first thing that happened when I plugged the HF antenna in, not the VHF, I was beaconing APRS before um, before I put the HF on the air. The first thing I heard was a ZL station. Made a contact, called out, he called me back, made the first contact I made was a New Zealand contact. Wow. Just right off the bat. And I think... Most people who tried to contact uh, that station made a contact with them uh, over the weekend. Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. So uh, and th- and we made a contact with that station on both the par end feds uh, and half half wave end fed or sorry, end fed half wave and uh, the the buddy, the buddy hex. Nice. Adam made a contact with I think he said like a seven element uh, 10 meter antenna. He slayed it on that contact. Uh, so I think that was my favorite thing that kind of everybody got to experience it. Okay. So what is the coolest thing that was at the campground this weekend, Leah? Oh, there were so many cool things. Um, but I would say Adam setting up that spider web. That was the seven element, 10 meter. Yeah, it was just massive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He took up it's so... It's crazy. It's... <sighs> Well, hopefully you'll see pictures of the camp out. He made video and I have video of it. It'll be in our videos. There is a um, a loop in the campground mm-hmm. and Adam set up in the middle of the loop. And the loop can be seen, like the center of that loop can be seen from every part of the campground. Right. Okay. And there are some bushes, but by and large, it's kind of like an, just a grassy space. Mm-hmm. Right. There was a snake in that bush. <laughs> It was a rattlesnake that rolled over it the last day before we left. <laughs> and Adam was over there. Like I think at some points he was barefoot. And <laughs> Well, he saw the tracks. He's the one that spotted it. He spotted yeah. the snake tracks. Yes. But I mean he was over there barefoot. He was he was like sitting very uh very zen like. <laughs> he brought our kids over right in front of the bush to point it to the <laughs> <laughs> to show them what a snake looks like in the wild. It was a pretty good sized rattlesnake too. Yeah. It was pretty impressive. Um, I I was gonna say Adam's setup too, because I really liked I, I always love Adam's contraptions. And and I and I could I couldn't likely well, I guess I could, but I would be very frustrated with the amount of wires and everything he does to make it work. But um incredibly impressive. I do have to also give a shout out to Shane. Mm. Shane's setup was was really simple. It was a DX commander telescoping mass and shin had never been actually camping um I just, like ham radio camping ham ra- before yeah i think like he that. said i haven't been camping but i was like Wait, that can't be like no camping um but i think he meant <laughs> i think he meant specifically like ham radio in his tent camping because he was running ham radio right and he had the coffee and ham radios antenna 
that he had the the transformer down at the base and he used a rollover antenna mast and he ran that up over the pole and then the long wire went out and he was getting all over he was getting dx all weekend he had oh he had so much fun he had a fantastic he was, he was time. very excited he was, it's all smiles which is super super cool um so i thought that can that his little setup was good i happen to like all my setup stuff but like i can't say that was my favorite thing is everything i brought with me um i will give a nod to uh power film solar they sent a i was talking to them about the camp out and they sent over some panels oh and that actually one of them went into the giveaway so yeah uh caesar ended up winning that nice which was, which was really really cool so those were that was a lot of fun uh just to be able to hook that up to my go box and I was running, I, I literally draped it over the top of the truck <laughs> and it was 120 watts and I could just watch the voltmeter climb between like when I would stop transmitting for a while mm -hmm. and I could just watch the voltmeter on the battery just like climb back up. And I was like, hey, <laughs> this is pretty cool. This is a pretty cool solar panel. Uh, what was your favorite food? From the oh. And I know it's tough for you because you made so much food. I did. Would you, I mean. So we had uh, pizza, wings, and salad the first mm -hmm. night. Yeah. Um, then charcuterie uh, kind of for lunch, right? On and Saturday. Then, yeah. And then. It was so much charcuterie. Yeah. It was way too much. And then uh, I did this garlic lemon chicken, which I really liked. It caused the a. The marinade. A fireball. Was but... so good. <laughs> but. It caught the barbecue on fire. Yes. <laughs> and it, it wasn't our chicken's fault, I believe. I think it's because they never cleaned out the grease trap or something like that. But it was a straight grease fire. It was a <laughs> literal grease fire. And we caught the first flare-up. There was an even larger flare-up after the live stream. So if you watch the live stream towards the beginning, the barbecue's just off to my off my right shoulder. <laughs> and it, it's on. Who was on the grill? Is it Derek? Uh, Darren, Darren, Darren and uh, and Adam were manning the crew. Yeah, Adam had to jump in there. I ended up actually running over to my truck and pulling the fire extinguisher out I because because I don't think there was one there. And I realized after the fact, I'm like, oh, we could actually burn down this entire canopy here that's all made of wood. <laughs> it's not good. But what was your what was your favorite food? Uh, you know, Adam ended up making breakfast burritos that were oh. excellent. And then... He also um, did pigs in the blanket. Yes, he did. Pigs in... Not in the blanket. In, in a, a blanket. A blanket. There were multiple pigs in multiple, multiple blankets. Correct. They yeah. all had a blanket. Uh, oh, it's tough. We also did s'mores and chocolate chip cookies, like fresh baked chocolate chip cookies. It was very bougie. Can't <laughs> I think one of my favorite, not, I, I don't have a favorite thing. I really liked your chicken, honestly. I am so happy you found this marinade. And was it like a complicated marinade? No, I just made it up. I, do you remember how to make it? Yeah, of it's course. It's like one of those things where you just whipped it all up in a bag and you're like, magic. I mean, I do that a lot. I could probably piece this one back together. Okay. I had to like again. zest lemons though. Oh, so that's it. <laughs> <laughs> We're right out. I did love the chicken. Absolutely love that. Uh, it was it Ryan's pickles. Ryan's pickles. Okay, no, that either uh, not not Ryan Paul. Oh, Paul's God, pickles. Sorry, sorry, Paul. Or or his beef jerky. So what Paul does is he takes like herb mixes that he has mm -hmm. that have like gone stale, and then he just uses a crap ton of it. 
in his like in his jerky marinade and it was oh that's pretty so smart. so when his herbs go bad and and by the way everybody herbs go bad even the dry ones he yeah, well, they just and, lose potency, right? So he he takes that and puts it into his pickling. Yeah, be, it just it makes so much sense. It's so smart because if you use if you have to use it up, mm-hmm. there's virtually nothing you could dump it into mm-hmm. in large quantity that wouldn't ruin the dish to get the potency you need, right? Except for beef jerky. And, and the pickles to a certain degree. Uh, Paul, I stand by the fact, if you're listening, that you need to start a food preservation TikTok. You should. Yeah. Yeah, people would love it. Fridge I, pickles, delicious. So um, he said that it was a four-day brine. And you could tell it had that half pickle. Taste. I love that. It I, still tastes like cucumber, hate, but also... I normally hate that. I want a full pickle. I don't want to eat a cucumber. Literally, I love pickles. Don't like cucumber. <laughs> such a hater <laughs> uh that is that i like that a lot it was it was so very good. good it was so good yeah. so that was that was one of my favorites uh favorite drink leah jungle juice that's, that's okay just, that's Leia my made a, go-to uh, dump on the coach gatorade container full of jungle juice which is uh something that has lived on for decades of our camping yeah, that is, and so it when is a history ev- everyone who was we should of have all legal aged out age, of this, but uh, here we are. Every, everyone who was of legal age uh, was greeted with a welcome cup of jungle juice. How much was left at the end? Not much, actually. Oh, and, good. And I think multiple people had come up to me and said, "I tried my best with the jungle juice, but I got so lit on Friday because so of I. the jungle juice. So did I. It's dangerous. No." I so then then this I have two favorites. Um, Adam brought out a bunch of scotches, like Ooh. three. Those were all. Really I'm good. never going camping again without Adam. Oh yeah, Adam I is the best. Like it doesn't matter. I can only imagine. I actually think I would be more surprised. By the way, Adam wants to go backpacking. <laughs> he didn't say necessarily you have to go, but that I have to take the boys. So he wants to go backpacking with me and the boys. <laughs> I am going to be even more impressed at what he can whip up out of his backpack. <laughs> Adam, I didn't notice you brought an entire propane oven with you. <laughs> that's that's Adam, part of like Adam's magic, though. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He, has, he has a portable hole. He ha- Yeah, he has the camp oven. We bought the camp oven that he has mm. because he used it so well. Um, we got a hot tip on that, by the way. Apparently, they make pizza stones that are the size of the bottom. Okay. And it's not to make pizza. It's to distribute the heat. Oh. Because because if you, if, if you know a normal oven, it uses like a radiant. Right. Which is better at distributing heat kind of everywhere. Yes. And our propane ovens are like just propane flame. Yeah, I mean, I burnt some cookies for real. Right, so the idea is with a pizza stone at the very bottom, that creates kind of like a radiant barrier that evens everything out. Ah, very smart. So I'm going to look into that because the oven was just, the ovens are sweet. Can't say that was the best thing because that was at the previous camp out. Um, So then uh, best memory. Do you have a best memory? Um... You know, I I have to say how impressed I am. Like literally, 
the entire group that came, they're just the most amazing group. The smartest people you could meet. Oh, yeah. Like such a good looking, well-natured, intelligent mm-hmm. group of people. This I, I stand by the fact that anybody who is looking for a partner should look for a ham. <laughs> like, uh, Not just any ham, but a, a well-cured and aged ham. <laughs> I genuinely enjoyed everyone who came on the trip. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Everyone also uh, with with ham radio operators. This is also something I've noticed. They're also very good at like conversating. Yes. Conversation was always good Mm -hmm. because they're always passionate about something other than radio. Yes. We're talking about like different trailer setups. We're talking about trucks. We're talking about Miata racing, which I was like. Oh, there's a tie-in to that whole video I did with the, uh, the 817 and the 818. <laughs> there was so many interesting things that we talked to just in addition to ham radio. In fact, I think we spent more time talking than actually operating radio, which, yeah, you know, it's kind of to be expected when, when people get along as well as we did. Uh, so I kind of have three, so I guess I'm cheating a little bit. I kind of already spoiled one. It's just the general conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Like uh, the the wild first night where we're talking to Ben and Ben's going on about, you know, the, the, the birthday that he's got. A yeah. Oh, to. not our son, Ben. No, no, no. Ben, ben who came yeah. to the camp out. Ben left early for Darren's birthday. Yeah. I hope it was worth it, Ben. <laughs> I think that's why Darren got stuck in my head because of that whole first night. Yeah. <laughs> um, then I think, and this, this sounds a little bit to my own horn here. I, I'm honest. I, I appreciate that. Uh, doing the giveaway was really fun. Oh yeah, yeah. Because you know, I, I, I'm, I'm grateful in the sense that like I get access to stuff, right? Yes. And to be able to kind of like pass it on to people, and I think it turned out that like everyone got multiple swag things. I think almost everybody got a giveaway item, and oh, we good. were giving out some pretty serious stuff. Like we gave out radios, we gave out that solar panel, we gave out a mobile radio, a handheld, a jankopotamus. And then a, a, a OG Jankopotamus, mm-hmm. like one of the, the ones from Micro Center that I hand carried from Micro Center, gave that sucker away. So, yeah, um, any disappointments or uh, something you would have done differently? Lesson learned. Mm. This is the last one. So, you know, make it a good one. Anything I would have done differently? Mm. I don't know. That's tough. I just enjoyed it so much. Yeah. So I have one. We drove the truck, which I think did fantastically, but I had big plans. We drove down to Ramona, and on the way to Ramona, timing-wise, we had about an hour baked in to stop at a charging station to fully charge it up, Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the goal being of running the amplifier off of the truck during Saturday. Yes. And the charging station we went to was only... 75 uh 75k uh output instead of 150 so we got not much of a charge off of it enough that we could go to the campsite do all the things we wanted to operate on saturday with the amp Mm -hmm. then drive to julian and drive home it was it was over a 300 mile loop and there was elevation in the middle and whatnot so i couldn't run the amplifier on saturday which really bummed me out because we also ah. had we also had plans uh, to do 
a live stream, but the live stream didn't also work out as well because of the internet, which I I, I don't know. What's going on with and, that? And I will, and, and let me just say, let me just say, there was Starlink there, and I did try to switch over to Starlink, even though I said I wouldn't in the in the heat of the moment. And I Elon and, is laughing, and all the it way. and it, it didn't do it. I couldn't stream off of it. Oh, I no. could not stream off of it. So you know, hey, um, that, that's all I'll say. I've, I can now say I've tried Starlink, and I I'm good. Um, so that was that was my only disappointment. But and that's all on me. The truck was fine. I just had great ambitions. We could have done the whole weekend, like just going straight out, go to Julian and back, charging mm-hmm. one time. We could have made it, but Leia um, on the ride home, she's like, can you just stop and charge for like a little bit for my peace of mind so that <laughs> – I'm like, sure. So we did stop at a target. Oh, I would I would have probably packed less food. That's the <laughs> – Oh yeah, dude. I don't. (laughs) And I forgot the charcuterie meat, so I had to order some to be delivered. Yeah. So that it wouldn't just be cheese and accoutrements with wine. And then the delivery person. By the way, where we're at is like a dirt road, probably for the last mile. And when you get to the campsite, it's actually a little bit rugged. Mm -hmm. They rolled up on in a Prius. That's doable. And they and they turned around, and I was like, "You probably should should." Go straight, then back up for a little while, and and straighten out. They almost high sighted their Prius. I'm like, we're gonna have to push a Prius out of here. Oh no! Um, so, all in all, it was a fantastic time. Uh, I hope everybody had a great time. I we're- think I think it's actually important to if nobody's ever been to a ham radio campout, and you're selecting sites. Mm-hmm. Um, it just so happened that we that we had the right amount of space for the number of people. We we did. There wasn't... So because you there, can't all be right next to each other. Correct. This, everybody needs to be kind of far enough apart mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. they're not interfering with each other. There were some people that were pretty close together, and they did have to uh, split bands. There were some people that would like... They were trying to do... 20 meter voice and someone else's on 20 meter ft8 mm-hmm. and they could hear them on the radio but not enough that they still weren't making contacts yeah so it worked out pretty good it worked out like really it well we have found that the number of people that came turned out to be a sweet spot yes because i think we filled up the uh the the, the septic tank the septic tank yeah. so now we we have to remind people uh for those that can you have to pee outside yeah. <laughs> Don't use the toilet. Lesson learned. Um, that was kind of an unspoken rule we didn't know until the last day. But all was good. So we may go back there in the future. Uh, oh, no, if... we cannot go back there in the future. Oh, we were. They are there. not. No, no, no. They they had already decided before our camping trip mm-hmm. that they were probably not going to rent out okay. the camping spots anymore. Okay. Uh, because one of their issues is they don't know when the forestry department comes out. Oh, right. And like they are like basically in the Cleveland National Forest. Oh, they are. We checked. Yeah. Adam pulled up the map. They are on it. That's why we could poto from there. And so the forestry department goes out there. They cut down a bunch of things and do a controlled burn on it mm-hmm. to cut back on the brush. They don't know when that's going to happen. It's not a good experience for campers. But on top of that, they found that if they have all the campsites filled, mm-hmm. they they end up with a septic problem. I think we know the solution now. 
We just pee outside. Yeah, but I don't think I I because I, I spoke with Dwight, who's a ham. He the just owner. didn't. Yeah, he didn't come out to yeah, hang was, out with us. Sick. Yeah, he was sick, but he did want to. Oh, he I'm. Was, you know, I I ended up talking to him when I was dumping the trash. Yeah, and then he told me he's like, "No, we're gonna keep doing this." No, he did not. Yeah, he did. Really? Yes. He's that they're gonna keep doing campouts. Yeah. That's literally not what his wife said. So hey, you know how that they're works. Gonna, sometimes. <laughs> they're Tell me to... you've never heard this story before. <laughs> so uh, to be continued on with, we'll likely do something like this in the future. We probably have to give Leia a full year year to decompress. You know, I'd I'd rather next time we do something like um like Crystal Cove. Oh, at the beach. Yeah, I was kind of thinking that too. Yeah, if we can score a beach score. cottage oh it's it, it's got to be a lot we gotta need we need a lot though yeah either that or we head up to the central coast and then we gotta go up north yeah to and like El Capi town n- no not that not even that far you could probably do ventura state beach because there's mm. camping there but it would be full tent camping i think i mean there might be trailer camping too but well, again, yeah. to be continued across the board on that. Oh. What's happening? The staircase has changed, remember? Mary Potter. Let's go this way. Before the staircase moves again. Who's supposed to play Severus Snape in the new Harry Potter? It's supposed to be Adam Driver. I think he could do a good job. It's possible. He's a very good actor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ah, interesting. I I think he would, in terms of Alan Rickman. Oh, line, come on. I mean, yeah, yeah come on. It, it, he could only be, like, if, if he was even as good as Alan Rickman. That's really right. saying something. Right, yeah. He he can't be better just because of the, the feels, right? Like, I don't yeah, know how you true. could. It's just, I don't know. But he's a great actor, so I'm excited for that. Okay. Leia, right. we've entered the compound of the email correspondence tower. Absolutely. On the left is the physical mail depot. And we have... Oh, did physical... you get the physical mail from my car? I got the physical mail from okay, my car. Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first one, and I did peek at some of these because I, there is an order that we have to go through these. Mm-hmm. The first one, uh, this is from... Oh, there's going to be a letter. Hold on. I think... I love physical mail because you have to read it. Yes. This is from Jerome. Wanted to show some appreciation for what you guys do. Your boys might enjoy this book. Contains prepping and ham radio. It's probably aimed at 13 to 15 year olds, FYI. So I think Ben might be good. This is called The Rule of Three. Oh. Look at there's a little prototype ultralight plane there. And it says, after three days in the dark, the battle for power begins. Oh, I thought after three days in the dark, the purge begins. That's likely a, also something. That there's happens. a really funny TikToker who does purge videos. <laughs> right? What? <laughs> like who's going to be first? Like No, like the reality of the purge. Uh-huh. Like that day after. You're like, oh, hey, yeah. Oh, sorry I killed your husband. Yes. <laughs> It's like purge. I ain't no purge. purge. Well, my bad. Yeah. My bad. Uh, so, Leia, did you read the, the label on this one? I didn't. This is from one 
Robert Bailey. <gasps> is it what I think it is? I think it is what you think it is. Is it? So I will pull out the note and I will hand this to Leia. I love opening packages. It's, is it the final? Hey, Josh and Leia, I can't <gasps> send you something without the official HRCC stationery. Tore off leaflet out <laughs> a wire-bound notebook. 73 from K5DCQ. Leia, let me know when you receive this. I will send you the ebook. Thank you so much for this. So if if you didn't know, Rob Bailey, he wrote a book. It's called The Ever-Changing Moon. It's two books, actually. There's book, book one, The First Footprints. And book two. And there is a writing in. <gasps> signed by the author. They uh, Amazing. So Rob wrote, Josh and Leia, thank you very much for all your help with my amateur radio adventure. I cannot express how much I have learned from you and have been inspired by you. Thanks also for your kind words on the podcast. This is literally hot off the press, and I wanted you to be the first to have the complete set. This S is, is incredible. Awesome. We're in the acknowledgments for this book. Did you know that? It literally says Leia Nass, Josh Nass. Where? And thank you for putting oh, my name does. first, Rob. That's so kind. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you deserve to be first. <laughs> so book two is Apollo Wait, is 16's is Journey oh, yeah. to the Lunar Highlands. Oh, this is so This cool. cover Wait, is, is picture fantastic. Son of a bee. There's pictures. Everybody, go support Rob. There's nothing you know, that cracks me up more our... than the, the old days of like space work. When there's just dudes smoking everywhere. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, there's a picture of Ken Mattingly left and John Young. And John Young just has a corncob pipe in his mouth and he's just smoking. <laughs> it cracks me up. I love this. Oh, this is so much fun. Oh, this is so cool. Thank you so much. This is incredible. I can't wait what to... What a work. Like, to read like this with the boys. Compiling all this with, with, the, with the pictures... And this uh, is a real so accomplishment. Is, boy, this really? is going to be God, when does he Okay, when does it start? Cuz the history of of particularly the journey to Earth and just orbiting Earth is uh quite a I'm going to have to assume that this is available oh, on lady, Amazon you made it, and everybody You made it on to. the first page of the acknowledgement. Oh my god. Flip the page, there's my name. I'm on the second page of the acknowledgements. Oh, in this book, you're you're on the first page. Oh, all right. Yeah. That's, oh, I'm so honored, Rob. About. That's so kind. But everybody needs to go support Rob because Rob is actually. We'll put the link in the show notes. A regular yeah. part of the podcast as well. And you just haven't heard from him in a while because he's been working on this amazing right. project. Well, here, check this out. Imagine a world where people set aside political, religious, cultural, and philosophical differences to work together towards a common goal. That happened half a century ago when NASA went to the moon. 400,000 people around the world with various gifts and personalities mobilized for something bigger than themselves. During the historic first moonwalk, President Nixon told the astronauts, for one priceless moment in the whole history of man, all the people on this earth are truly one. One in their, in their pride in what you have done, and one in our prayers that you will return safely to earth. That's the opening of the about. Wow. Fantastic. The great writing. See, this is 
Rob's a triple threat. He's a HRCC volunteer podcast co-producer. He is a an author. Uh, a published and... author. He might have been published before, but uh, we know it of this publishing. I cannot speak highly I, enough of Rob, though. So what's book two? Book two, Apollo 16. Journey oh, to the Oh, wow. Okay, so. Wait, so. Oh, this. Okay, got it. I, I understand now. Yeah. All right, I understand. Acom- accomplished ham. Awesome. Just, uh, and I, I'm not sure if Rob's okay with me talking about all of the amazing things he does aside from authoring, but just know that Rob is like one of the most amazing human beings, like good humans mm-hmm. in this world. Like, good humans. So, we need yeah. more good humans. Absolutely. Rob, thank you for thinking of us. We really do appreciate it. And that's just a super cool gift. And I, we wish you the best of luck. Everybody go buy this book immediately. It's Rob Bailey's Ever-Changing Moon. We'll put the link in the show notes yeah. again so you guys can go check it out. Okay. All right. Well, that closes things up with the physical mail depot. We appreciate everybody sending us that physical mail. We do have the P.O. box linked in the show notes if you are interested, but you don't have to send us anything. We just really appreciate you listening. So let's slide on out of here and over the right side of the tower to the voicemail annex. And Leia, if uh, someone would like to... yeah. Yeah, the you know how we do this. You remember how the, you remember how this goes. Uh, how would one send us their uh, spoken email in voicemail form? You can call 562-334-2389. I'm going to say that again because I mumbled it. Okay. 562-334-2389. And away we go. Hey, Josh and Leia. It's Dom, the RF Field Tech. Uh, hey, Dom. To check in. Um Sorry, I didn't get that email out. Uh, I have some medical issues come up, and I'm I'm pleased to announce that in a little under three weeks, I will be officially retired from AT&T, so I will no longer be your regular correspondent. Um, But the news I was going to email had to be postponed because I waited till last night to take and pass my performing uh, cybersecurity operations with Cisco. So I, that's the certification I got, not my extra <laughs> Congratulations. Um, but I just want to let y'all know I am. You don't get a bell for that. I am but. back. Uh, I'm <laughs> well, I was going to ask you. As I'm going to be able to get. Uh, and I just wanted to touch base and let you know that's why it took so long. Um, I didn't get the email out because I had to postpone the exam until last oh, night. Oh, no so problem. We'll uh, catch y'all later. 73. Have a great week. Well, thank you for Leia, thinking of us. You're but... always so liberal with clicking the button. And they're like, no, absolutely not for Cisco certification. <laughs> absolutely not. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> That's fantastic. There's no Is radios that... involved in Cisco certification. <laughs> you're so mad. I'm not mad. You're the one that's stingy with the button all of a sudden. <laughs> Don, we love you. We're just playing. Congratulations to you, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Appreciate you. Appreciate it being the voicemail. Hello, this is Kilo One Mike Alpha Zulu, and let's see how quick I can do this. Hey, Nathan. Um, I just wanted to let Josh know that I received my pen up converter. Up converter. Up converter. From Amazon that he suggested for using power banks or whatever. Yeah. And uh, he's very disappointed. It sounds like I, it. I just need to wire him up and okay. <laughs> follow what Josh did in his video and see how it works for me. Maybe I can do it with uh, true SDX and oh yeah, on the top end maybe the 
like we said last time, the 705. Um, I also was looking to get some um, microphones, wireless microphones for uh, video things or other just around recording, even if it's not like that. So I knew Josh had made a video sometime in the past where he went through the stuff that he uh, uses for video and uh, audio uh, creation stuff. And uh -huh. then he spoke about the DJI mic, and I saw that he was still using it in his recent, one of his recent videos when he was up on the bleachers. I absolutely love that or mic. Or the uprights or whatever you want to call it. Yep. Um, while they're doing track and stuff. So I got some of those. It's on the expensive side, but I know that it looks good. And I also, you know, when you when you buy something and then you notice other people using it. So I noticed even I just happened to be watching a episode on YouTube from the YouTuber Tom Scott. Sometimes I watch it and listen to his stuff. I don't so. know who that is. And he I. had. It looks like he had DJI mics for some videos. He just had some tape over the DJI part. But it was definitely DJ Mike. <laughs> so it was cool to see other YouTubers is that, of... Is that guy like, no, DJ, you pay me. Yeah, probably. Yeah. He's like, you don't get free advertising. Yeah. I don't know how to put this. Greater note than Josh that I watch using the DJI mics. So I got some of those. And, uh, <laughs> Take that, I Josh. Yeah. Recording stuff, video stuff. I don't know. I like its versatility. So this is Kilo One Mike Arasulu. I don't want to time out... The repeater and um, other four. I'm a peeps seventy three. Oh, Frenchie with it. <laughs> That's, there's a follow up voice. I, I feel like I feel like <laughs> we could have just done without that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad I could have pointed you the direction well, of a smarter, is, uh, Nathan better YouTuber. Vermont, Kilo One Mike Alfulu. Hello again, Nathan. I'll be really quick with this one. Like 30 seconds. I think one. our German <laughs> listener. That's what our kids would do. I think his name is uh, Julian, Julius, one of those. Okay. Um, he should definitely make a, I believe it's a German-based children's TV show song. Ah, this is something we talked about. Oh, yes. For the podcast. Maybe if he wants to. Yep. I would love to um, hear that, as I said on the Discord. So this is Kilo One Mike Alfazulu, um, getting out of your hair and getting back to listening. Well, thank you, Everything. volunteer podcast co-producer. Yes, encourage those musical drops. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we, uh, by the way, everybody, we use musical drops that are submitted by you all, and we're yeah. not, like, married to any of them. In fact, we... we... I am definitely married to some of these drops. Well, the, the we <laughs> we might not change the correspondence tower one. That that not the not the show topic one either. Oh, you like the show topic I one? I do. So guess what? We don't have any options. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. We can have one that goes that transitions between yeah. the different uh, correspondence tower segments. Though. Yeah, we need we need separation of correspondence tower. There's one that was uh perhaps one after the first email or pr like one you play for the first email. Yeah, or maybe like a drop for when somebody becomes a VE. A VE drop would be cool. Yeah. Uh, just just random like uh, you know, like sad trombone, just a Whoa. random like saw dude like that one. You know, like one of yeah. my favorite. <laughs> like it doesn't have to be. 
like a, a, a segment, like a switch. A sad dude. <laughs> That's what that says. A sad dude. A sad dude. <laughs> it's like, what's up, dude? I get it. It's just the like drawed out Southern California version of it. You know when I realized I'm guessing that's where from I how, that's where that TikToker how slash. old I am. Uh no. Did you ever watch Spenny versus Kenny? No. I found out today that uh Spenny is in his sixties. What? Yeah. That I, was I'm uh, shocked and I haven't even watched this. Yeah. For everybody that's watching and saw Spenny versus Kenny, which I'm sure a lot of people watched it. I, I have to make a comment about sixty Phil though. I'm not going to tell anybody how old Phil is because it's not believable, but I don't know that he wanted me to make it public knowledge either. But Phil is literally one of the buffest hands oh, dude. I have ever seen in my life. Phil and, from the camp out we're talking. Yeah. yeah and, Phil. and he was like, I must have been the oldest at the camp out by far. No, Phil. Phil's a silver fox. While that yeah. might be true, <laughs> he was also the most ripped at the campout, bar none. So I can't good even. Ex- good I, genes I going on with Phil. Can't even explain the the fact that he must bench press so much weight. I was uh, so Helen. So many and I, lbs. Yeah, Helen and I, uh, we have we're like on a mission to learn how to use every machine, like at the gym. You're like right? Dora the Explorer yes, of the gym. Yeah. <laughs> Got a little backpack on, <laughs> and Yo Carol bench press. And so we or not Yo Carol. Don't they s bench press? <laughs> so we did use the bench press. Yeah. And so, like, one of our goals is to bench press our own weight, mm-hmm. right? And so, every time we go, we're we're doing a couple of sets at least on the Good bench for press. You. And but we didn't know how much we were benching. <laughs> yeah, Leia cracked me up so hard. And I was like, oh well, the weights on like each side. I think like each side had like a twenty pound weight and another like. 10 or five pound weight so so i was like some like, i was like that's great this was somewhere between like 70 and 80 pounds and, and then like, you were like no 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 you're like 60 what'd you say like 60 pounds yeah something like that and, then, and i'm like the, the bars alone 45 pounds and you're like what <laughs> you're like shook from the fact that i like you didn't know that the bar is like 45 pounds like that's the that's the bar yeah, we really raised the bar. <laughs> I told her that the bar is 45 pounds. We were on the phone. She stops talking to me. She's dead air. And she's on her phone Googling. And she's like, wow, the bar is 45 pounds. Like, I didn't just say it. And I'm like, yes, the bar is 45 pounds. We were lifting more than we thought. There was a time. I think it turns out that we were lifting like 75 pounds. Yeah, you're, yeah. you're close to 75 yeah. or 80 pounds. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there was a time where I was actively going to the gym when I was in high school. Uh-huh. And, um, well, bef- before I met you. Mm-hmm. So. When you were in high school. <laughs> well, and then also like in college because I, I, we met after I graduated college. Yes. You were yeah. well graduated by that. Wow. <laughs> you graduated in like three years. Yeah, that's true. You were and, like, and, and I entered. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you started early too. Yeah. So yeah, it was, you know. Anyway. Like when I watch movies where like kids are legally drinking in college, I'm like, how do you do that? <laughs> how does, I would like to go to there. How did you do? Yo, I'm glad you added legally drinking yes (laughs) 
Did you catch that, everyone? <laughs> Did you catch that? Because I stayed in my college town uh, for like almost two years, I think, after. Oof, that that pole of Riverside really keeping it. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, no, it was just that I was, I ended up getting a job out in Temecula and I was like, oh, I yeah. want to live in Temecula. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> like no, no shade to Temecula. It's just not where. <laughs> no shade, single... but I'm shading you from Riverside. No, 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 but it's just not where single young people lived. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah, not... yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's yeah. Like, I really got to step up to Rancho Cucamonga at this point. No, not even. I mean, Redlands would probably be okay. Redlands was yeah. was hopping. Yeah, is hopping. Yeah. So where's the beach? What the beach when we drive home and it's the it's the uh, reservoir lake that they call the beach. Save the beach. It's in and around that area, isn't it? Oh, it starts with an M. It's this town that's not really a town. And we always run into it when we and come out like the long way of And they're like very terrified of being absorbed into Orange County, even though they're like They, they want to near. remain unincorporated. Yes. Like yeah. hard. We always run into it when we come back the long way out of my dad's. Mentone. Mentone Beach. Oh, man. Mentone Beach. And it was, Mentone Beach was like the result of some kind of like farm water runoff. Yeah, like an accident. Like the Salton Sea was an accident. Yeah. And... <laughs> love it i love it i don't i don't know if i would get in that come on kids let's go on the runoff (laughs) what i have a real habit of whenever i see something weird on a road trip i'm like i must find out what that is (laughs) i'm sorry we're further inland than where we live and you guys got a beach (laughs) and you know the most interesting place to Google things that you see is on the way to Vegas. It turns out there's like a whole loop of like <laughs> off of the same off the same road. You're talking about 15? Yeah. Uh, well, no, it's not actually off the 15. You can see it from the 15. And probably one of the first things you would see is there's like a Greek um, Catholic monastery. It looks like a cult compound. Okay. <laughs> And I was like, what is that? Is that a cult? I love learning about cults, right? And that is just the beginning of a trail of what is mostly abandoned towns. Okay. Or like five, like one to a dozen people towns. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of those. Yeah. But they're all along that same road out Mm -hmm. in the desert, Mm -hmm. right? And I want to... If I weren't such a minority, I think I would feel more comfortable doing I felt if I was white, (laughs) is what you're saying. Uh, Really, though? Because I'm going to go ahead and go on a limb and say the people who live in that town are 90% white. Possibly. Towns. Towns. But but also possibly not that friendly to strangers. Like, I, it, it takes a certain personality to be like, I have decided that in the middle of the desert with potentially even limited utilities and like running water. Right, 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 right. That this is how I want to be because I hate people so much. Right, right, right. And then oddly enough, like a lot of them are like in their 60s mm-hmm. or older. And they're like, that's where I'm going. No, I think they've lived there long before that. 
and now they're just they feel so responsible for this town oh that they have to yeah i was actually kind of well okay now we're getting in a whole wormhole but there's like uh there's a lot of youtube cha- youtube channels that will go to those towns yeah that's what i really like appreciate chat- about youtube they're they're, they're <laughs> carrying on the world without <laughs> leaving my home <laughs> They're they're ca- they're carrying on California's gold is what they're doing. Yeah, some of them are not good at it though. You're just like, oh, there's just no wholesomeness to this. You. Is you are not channeling the Huel Hauser. <laughs> you need to be way more impressed by everything. You, you need to be uh, you need to be a seven foot tall Goliath of a man, just a bulk of a human. And with, golly has to definitely and, be in your vernacular. And, and you just have to be like the happiest dude. But then you just also happen to have like this uh, force about you that you can make anyone talk on camera by just storming through their front doors. <laughs> Without notice. <laughs> with no warning. There's no show fixer. No. No. <laughs> there's just There's just Louie with the camera and this Goliath of a man kicking and doing a B and E, but in the happiest <laughs> way possible. We're like, and what do you do here exactly? Oh my God. Again, for anyone who doesn't know what I'm talking about. Go watch. There is nobody. California's who... <laughs> gold goes to Baghdad Cafe in the again not not one of these like less than ten people towns, mm-hmm. but a small town. And uh, oh my god, particularly the Adam Carolla commentary video that comes along with it. If you find the original <laughs> Hugh Hauser one, it is fan complete chaos, complete chaos. You know what, though? As much as I've heard how horrible the Salton Sea is, my memories of Hulehauser visiting the Salton Sea make me want to go there so bad. There is an entire, like, all of the archives for Hulehauser are actually at Chapman University. I think they have a museum for him. What? That I cannot believe we haven't been to yet because we love it so much. <laughs> That's amazing. We should take the kids there and make them watch Hulehauser. <laughs> Could you imagine? That's going to be a part of uh, of Ben and Edison's fourth grade state-based education. (laughs) Well, if you really want to understand the gold rush, (laughs) we have to go show you California's gold. So we went to uh, open house today. We did. And we went into our kids' classrooms. Was that the last voicemail, by the way? No. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. That was the last one. I was going to say, usually yeah. Nathan's the last, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we went into the next year's classrooms, too, to see what, like, the projects are and things like that. Because I, mm-hmm. I try to make whatever we do in the summer kind of relevant for them the in the incoming school year. Mm-hmm. This is you being a good parent, yes. <laughs> Everybody I've told that to thinks I'm insane, though. Yeah. No, I can. Like, <laughs> I... I, I it it just doesn't look like insanity to me because of how adjacent to it I am. <laughs> it just looks like normal life. But I can kind of see where they're coming from. So I had been told that the mission projects were discontinued for oh, yeah, we California had, wokeness. We talk about we yeah. talked about that on the podcast. And yeah. we rolled into a class today. There were they had missions. But they weren't the diorama. No, and that was I was like, why even bother? Yeah, they're just like they have to draw the missions. They're I think which they're is each just assigned trash, a mission or whatever. Trash. 
Well, I mean, no, I am. I am like there if, was only if Ben one... starts it at the beginning of the year and then works on his art skills by the end of the year. He could have a really amazing, true and fair. But I was uh, when I learned what a diorama was, I was yes. like, this is the way. Like I was so into dioramas. They still do the, the dioramas. It's just not of the missions. No, they... I know. But when when like there was like those choose your own adventure projects that you would have. Yeah. Diorama every time. Oh, absolutely. Every time. Diorama is the best. Dioramas the best. are the most impressive thing a oh. child at that age could make. I... Okay. <sighs> they were. I was really. You don't impressed. have to convince me. Right. There was one of. Um, clearly what was like a, a state or national park it was like mountains with trees and bears mm-hmm. and then there was another one of the golden gate bridge i think made out of popsicle sticks mm-hmm. <laughs> uh you didn't go into the other classroom but that classroom had even more amazing dioramas oh, i love a diorama but what floored me is that they work on these uh journals all year long like it's an art piece that the kids do, and then they write about their um, something adjacent to that art piece, right? Okay. And so they did a whole collection for the whole year, and the teacher had them printed into hardbound books. That's nuts. Like picture, you know, you know what I'm talking about, like a kid's picture book with like hard covers. That's crazy. And. Like they were published. <laughs> I mean, like, teacher, can I just like not do the writing and just make like five dioramas? <laughs> can I just do that? But it was. It wasn't I don't like, like to feel. Things. It wasn't the whole class's collection. Every oh, I kid, got it. I got it. Had an, a customized. Yeah, no, I get cl- it. How? And then when I I was like, that is really impressive, Mr. Soto. And he goes, no, the kids did all the work. And I'm like, the hell they did. (laughs) (laughs) You mean they hard-bounded the books? (laughs) They uploaded all of this information to make individual books for like a class of over 20 kids? Were the the, uh, pages scanned? Yeah. They had to be scanned, uploaded, and fitted to the book. Yeah, who did that? He did. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. That's... I would have been like, no, no. It's it's very nice. He's making other teachers look bad. Oh, yeah. I mean, by and large, everybody acknowledges that Soto is an excellent teacher. And I was like, oh, you guys are just saying that because he's like a male teacher or something. (laughs) Like Like, the bar. It's like how they say, oh, you're such a good dad. And you only do like a fraction of what mom does. (laughs) But no. (laughs) Turns out. (laughs) Soto is the best. (laughs) So there you go. His classroom was so organized. And he had, you know, those like two liter bottle models that you can do of um, of like it's the two liter bottles connected together with uh, whatever. And it creates tornadoes. Yeah, yeah. He had like three or four of those in his classroom. That's not a big deal. F- for second grade? Yeah, who cares? But that's so easy to make. What are you talking about? None of the other teachers had sciencey things in their classroom. Okay, is this? Are you gendering science to uh, 
no, I'm not gendering anything at all. I'm saying he's a superior teacher because he's STEM focused. They, they literally make a coupler that you can that's buy. That's what he had. Yeah, yeah. That's the superior way to do it. I've yeah. taped them before, but that's not mm-hmm. as good as the coupler. The coupler was like the jam. And you know how I know it was a well-constructed coupler? Edison picked that thing, shook the crap out of it, and the two-liter bottle kind of collapsed on itself and it didn't fall apart. Good. So, yeah, very impressed. I, I don't know how to request Mr. Soto for next year. <laughs> Edison's like, I'll see you in two years. No, Soto is a second grade teacher. It's next second? year. Yes. Oh, I this thought is... he was like fifth grade or something or fourth grade. No. Or Ben. No. Oh, wow. He okay, is yeah. a second grade teacher. Edison needs a strong male role model in his life. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. We hope he gets him. The when the kids came back, we were talking about uh, doing a bonfire. You're gonna go activate at um, Bolsa Chica. Yeah, do another poda. Mm-hmm. And so we're just gonna do a bonfire because if you're gonna get there early enough, just I wasn't planning to get there early, but now I am. Yeah, because we're gonna bonfire into the evening. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm gonna get there. I'm gonna be at the gate before six a.m. to get a fire pit. Yeah. And then I'm probably gonna sleep. I'm going to put a cooler out on the fire pit so everybody knows it's mine, and then I'm going to go take a nap. It's probably not even going to be that crowded because it's May, but that's fine. That's Um, what everyone says. (laughs) And then you roll up before dawn. Ben's going with you. And the line is huge. I've already packed the truck by 5 a.m. I know how this goes. I've been there before. Uh, I'll set up the easy up with Ben, and then we'll crash on the sand. And then so we, (laughs) when I told the kids... They were like, oh, are we going with Daddy's Ham Radio friends? Yeah. And then I was like, no, we're going to go with the Twangs and the Christians, like your two closest family <coughs> friends, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and they were like, oh, man. I was like, what the hell? <laughs> Edison was like, you know, Dad, I didn't really, he said that like, he actually, these are as close to his words as I can. Okay. Muster. He said, you know, I, I didn't really like the radio stuff that much. <laughs> But then I met all of your friends. And now I'm really interested in it. And I was like, wow, that's a really like, I'm like, interesting. Ben spent the whole weekend on ham study. The whole time. In hopes that he could test for his tech by the end of the week. And he was like bugging Heather. Like, when can I test? Because Heather's a V. It was a number of V's there. Yeah. Uh, Heather's a part of the HRCCVE team, and he was bugging her like, and she, I, I think he probably bugged the crap out of her. Yeah, so so sorry, Heather. And apologies. He, he was, and she was really nice. She's like, well, you got to pass like pretty consistently at seventy five percent. So you just got to keep at it until you're like passing most of the tests that way. Yeah, it's like okay, okay. And he, and he was not passing. No, it, it was. <laughs> And he would get like so mad, and I'm like, "You literally just started. You just studying. started. You have no. <laughs> and you're not that great at multiplication. You have okay. you have not a whole lot of science background at this point. Yes, that isn't yeah. two liter bottles coupled together. <laughs> I don't think he's ever had that. Okay, because oh, is... he wasn't in Soto's class. It's a huge loss, honestly. Well, that means we are closing up the voicemail annex and we're heading over to the tower to start to make our way to the top you can email us as always and and we love it when you do that at leia at hamtactical.com send us your ham radio stories your journey along this crazy wonderful hobby your questions and uh, if you have a merch idea for us we'll add it to the ham radio crash course sorry 
that's all wrong. If we like it, we'll add it to hamtactical.com, which is the merch store that helps support the podcast along with the YouTube channel. And if we end up making it, we'll send you one for free. So thank you for sending your merch ideas as well. Leah, take it away. The first email is titled April Challenge, and this t- comes from Tom. Hi, Leah and Josh. This is K3TJK. Tom from Eastern Pennsylvania. Love listening to your podcast and want to thank you for motivating me to take the extra exam before the end of April. I took it this week and passed just before the end of the month. Congratulations. Congratulations, Tom. Now looking forward to exploring the added privileges. Thanks again and keep up the great work, Tom. P.S. Leia, I hope you took and passed the general. I didn't. I didn't. I'm, I'm sorry, but I am studying. Yes. Uh, my frustration with the general test at this point mm. is I, like, I think I've seen all of um, the first element. Mm-hmm. And it is so much of what appears to be the same question with just like certain bands changed. Yes. And then there's like these band to baud rate <laughs> things you have to remember. Mm-hmm. And then there's one where you actually have to convert the like the kilohertz or megahertz over to whatever that would be equivalent to to then determine the baud rate. It's it's a mess. It's a hot mess. <laughs> you you focus on a very specific part. Of the questions. Well, like that's because I, I went through like all of the first element, and that's where that is. Right. Okay. Gotcha. And then I wasn't remembering them, so I got the questions over and over again, like these freaking bod rate questions. And then I realized I just have to memorize the chart. So, oh, yeah. 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 It's the worst. Anyways. I got a lot of stickers to send, by the way. I just realized that. Excellent. I was on Patreon. All right. The next uh, email is, oh, well, thank you, Tom. I'm, I'm sorry to disappoint you. Uh, the next email is titled <laughs> Extra by the End of April. This oh! is from David. Oh, gosh, there's going to be so many. Hello to the Royal Hams. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, peasants, for donning us with your email correspondence. If we were Royal Hams, we still couldn't wear tiaras. We're terribly inbred. <laughs> I can barely lift a finger to raise an antenna. There's like a no tiara rule at King Charles's coronation. What? I think it was people are speculating it was to prevent um Meghan Markle from being able to wear a tiara at the coronation. But now Meghan Markle's not coming. Why, yeah, why would she go? I thought they were, like, done. No, she was supposed to go, and then it was determined that she, and she wasn't can't coming. Wear, why can she not wear a tiara? They don't want her to. That's... The, this is all speculation. Anyways, what? So now Kate Middleton is just going to wear a fascinator with flowers. <laughs> That's... <laughs> I hate the name Fascinator. I, I want to go I back it. to the horse races with a dress and a fascinator, okay? You're talking about the Kentucky Derby type race? No, I am okay with going to Los Alamitos or Santa Anita. When we're, okay? when we're sipping on Tallboy, Mitchell, uh, whatever the... No, you got to go to the Michelada's Vessels Club at Los oh, Al. Oh, come on. You know? 
Well, it's uh, what's the? It's not a. It's not a. What's the Kalamato Bud Light? Bay of Pigs. No, oh. the Bud Light. The the cans. A it's michelada? Not a, no, it's not called a michelada. It's called something else, isn't it? A chillada. It's called a chillada. Okay. It's not a michelada. Oh, right, because it's not... Good. Oh. <laughs> All right. Everybody who, like, crapped on me drinking micheladas on a live stream, I'm like, I've had those Bud Light chiladas. They're not that good. I'm like, you have not had a michelada. You shut your mouth. Oh, yeah. A, a michelada with like a chamoy. A pr- a pr- yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I Hard heard to beat. I was I was listening to a podcast where Tahin was mentioned and there and it was a Canadian podcast. Oh. So they called it Tajin. Mm. And I was like, yeah, that's it. You got it. <laughs> Nailed it. It's like I'm doing the podcast with Leia. <laughs> I know it's called Tahin. Thank you very much. Oh no. Um Mexican adjacent words. You speak Muchas gracias. You speak better <laughs> Spanish than I do. Like for sure. Um, so I don't expect you to ever screw those up, but it felt very similar in the, <laughs> in the enjoyment. In the, yeah, yeah, yeah. The schadenfreude of the pronunciation of, of words. Well, David continues. Well, as stated in the email subject, as of approximately 3 p.m. this afternoon, April 30th, I have fulfilled extra by the end of April. Congratulations, you David. You did it. We had a testing session today with our club. We had three people pass technician and myself pass the extra exam, missing only seven. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. Just need to call the ARRL to get my new VE badge reflecting my new license. Excellent. That. I don't know what the day count is, but Leia, you're running out of time before the general question pool changes. I know. The pressure is on. <laughs> she was studying before the podcast. I was. While Ben was doing the Kumans. Yeah. We were both equally unhappy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. He hates Kuman. He hates it. Hates it. I think I think he hates it for a number of reasons. One, because the instructor at Kuman doesn't really... He doesn't think that the guy gives him any slack, but the guy actually gives him a lot of slack. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, I think he takes it as an affront to his math skills. Like I know he has a very like inflated sense, sense of, of self. Of, oh yeah, he yeah. is like. So this is also one of those like Voltron things where you and I come together and we get the chaos of Edison. Yes, but we get the extreme confidence of Ben. Yeah. Ben is <laughs> very confident, and it's like we have a. You know what, though? I, I don't know that I am as confident as Ben. I, that's <laughs> like, what I'm saying. I don't think I am either. <laughs> but we mixed. And that's what we got. You know, for me, I think my confidence is like where I am deluded is actually in the idea. It's like, yeah, I can I can figure it out. I can do whatever. <laughs> Like, oh yeah, that's exactly yeah. me too. Yeah, like, like no, we're good. Yeah, well, and and then we'll it's, it's it. that it's like it's because of my pure lack of planning. Because if I plan too hard, then I'll get anxious about it. Yeah. So then, if I don't plan, I, do I won't plan, get though. anxious. No, I still I plan, plan yeah. but I don't like I don't like dwell on it. Like the more you, d- I've always found like the more I dwell on a thing. Yeah. Like then I build it up too much. Yeah. And then I'm just, whew, I can't I can't do it. 
Yeah, I I definitely have the like uh I I'm pretty sure I know that I have enough time to figure this out. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. I can I can definitely throw something that is like 85% to 90% good. So so you and I together. <laughs> that's us. Yeah. We make a child. <laughs> He's like, well, what if it's just maybe I just got twenty five percent. That's what I got in the bag right now. And what if I just say, I've got the other seventy five. You just can't see it. <laughs> in his defense, I did make a deal with him that he would not have to take continue doing Kuman if he got his like test average because he was having like super inconsistent test scores where like he would get a hundred a hundred and then tank his average with like a 40 right right so he's he's repeated that multiple times tonight yeah and so he says i he's was there no he's there for this month see that's the problem yeah you set the terms of the average he doesn't understand averages okay He's just pulling up his grades, and his grades only pull up the last 30 days. You know what I mean? Yes, I repeated over the course of the whole year, which I don't know that he can bail himself out of the hole that he's in to he get can. to 80%. He can. Yeah. Okay, well, there you go. He can. Okay. But in reality, and he's like, I'm doing great in math now. I don't need it. But it's like the reason you're doing great in math is actually because of the Kumon. <laughs> like, like, come on, Ben. <laughs> come on, Ben. And he hates it when you say that. So now I just say it more. It's a horrible cycle. But I mean, I, I told him, you know, he he is definitely like a STEM kid. You know, he's into that. So like he can't get away with being middling in math. Yeah, but sometimes he drives me nuts. What? Like today he held up like a vial and he's like, check this out. I'm like, what is it? He's like, it's a chemical I made. <laughs> it's glitter and, and I'm like, what, glue. <laughs> what is it? What's it made of? He's like, we actually don't know what it's called yet. We haven't named it. And I'm like, you you invented this chemical? He's like, yeah, no, it's never been made before. <laughs> I'm like, what? What is it made of? What He's kind like, well, of centrifuge did you make right, this right, up right, right. What kind of like <laughs> exotic chemicals do they have at your elementary school? <laughs> and, and the complex like chemistry lab that made this possible. Uh, and, and he's like, well, we were going to make uh, the piranha chemical, but uh, we, we didn't have the materials for it. I'm like, what's the piranha chemical? He's like, well, if you get it on you, it, uh, it eats through all of your flesh <laughs> oh, no. and just leaves you with bone he asked me today he's like mom how do i get plutonium <laughs> and then he's hooked on like getting a fire alarm yeah i don't know where he you know what it is it's young sheldon oh maybe it's young because he's been bugging me like for a freaking fire alarm and i'm like what is in the fire alarm? No, no, no. I knew exactly what he wanted. I'm like, are you trying to get radioactive material out of a fire alarm? He's like, oh, you knew that's in there? I'm like, yes, I knew that's in there. <laughs> you can't put anything past your old dad. <laughs> I was ripping apart fire alarms. <laughs> My whole house is beeping. I mean, he's nine. I get it, but like he's nine, he's just, and he's not—he's not like a prodigy. 
So you got to just let the kid kind of explore. Like don't with with radioactive material no, 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 and no. piranha chemical. No, I mean he can't make piranha chemical. First of all, I'm like, so what is it? Like a heavy acid yes, or caustic? A, is know, it base? What is it? And he's like, I I can't tell you about it. I'm like, <laughs> okay, all right, man. Let him let him have his world. It's called Project Adam. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's the information's in a sealed envelope. I don't know how he's gonna get back into it. <laughs> <laughs> what it, he sealed an envelope <laughs> so that nobody could like read <laughs> his like notes. Uh huh. But I don't know how he's gonna get back into it. Can you just open the envelope? Because it's sealed. Just... He's gonna have to get a new envelope every time. Why can't he open the envelope? That but he needs to reseal it. <laughs> so oh yeah, that's fine. <laughs> So it's going to need to be a new envelope every time. His buddy had a uh, a project board for an Arduino. Ooh. At uh, at school today, or at the at the open house. Uh huh. And Ben called me over, and he's like, "Oh, look, check out what my friend has." And it was like a project board. Project boards are just like a board with holes all over it. Yeah. And you build crap on top of it to connect to an Arduino or be you know whatever. And I was like, oh. Is this like a Raspberry Pi hat? He's like, no, it goes for an Arduino. And I'm like, oh, is this like a project board? He's like, yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's super cool. So I hand it back to the kid. And uh, Ben and I are walking back. And he's like, yeah, that's the Arduino they gave him because they didn't want to get him a real Arduino. What? <laughs> they didn't trust him with a real Arduino is what Ben said. And I'm like, why? What? what? <laughs> I'm like, Arduino. So that's actually interesting. I can actually show him some stuff on that. Yeah. We have all of that. But yeah. again, he. I he, want him to get through all it's, of it's, the uh, the uh, the circuit thing that he has. What's it called? Snap circuits. I feel like I, I, feel, I want him I to do every like, snap circuit project before he's okay, moving on. This is honestly a little bit worrisome to me. His confidence versus his technical prowess. Yeah. Feels a little bit like Elon Musk. Yeah, he's also a good-looking kid. I, I mean, that yeah, is like he's the way biggest... better looking than Elon. Yeah. Way better. See, this is all scary. Very scary to me. Very frightening. And he he did the STEM classes, right? The 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 programming. Yeah. The one who took off with the programming, Edison. Yeah. Edison's like we picked a good name. Yeah. What can I say? <laughs> Edison's like, look, I turned my dash robot into a dog. <laughs> like, and it did. It like behaved like a dog. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's like Edison. Uh, oddly enough, like he's the. Yeah. He, he's worrisome in a different way. Very much. <laughs> he will and, that, his... and that dog's actually full of dynamite. <laughs> I tricked you to I'm... pet him and then explodes. <laughs> All right. So that was a fun venting about open house. <laughs> no, we just had the, the reason why we started the podcast so late is because of the whole Kumon yeah meltdown from ben that's true and now i'm super tired but it's okay yeah it's a thing it happens welcome to parenthood (laughs) all right well congratulations on uh getting your extra by april you did it and uh david signs off 73 david kc zero nrd okay well done good job the next email is titled podcast Mm. And this, it, you made it. This is from Will. 
Hello, Josh and Leia. I have been watching and listening since 2020. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much. You know what else to do during 2020, except my wife had other plans for me. We had flooding problems on our six acre property. Wow. That's a lot of property. Keyword had. What was happening is that after months of rain up here in Washington, the Bangor submarine naval base that butts up to our property, stormwater retention ponds would fill to capacity and then an unfathomable amount of water would flow onto my property and flood under our home in the crawl space. Oh, Lord. This also would flood and create a moat around our home. Well, that is just really good home defense. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Then we put gators in it. Yeah. (laughs) Well, after many attempts to get the Navy to fix this problem, we realized we just needed a drawbridge. I did not. I just had that part. (laughs) Nicely done, Leah. With no priority. I just wanted it fixed. So my wife and I discussed that the only way this was going to get fixed was to do it ourselves. We need to move a lot of dirt. I don't know the exact amount, but we raised about 1.5 acres what worth of space by two feet paying someone or renting equipment was not in the budget i told my wife if we could find a dozer that was functional that it didn't matter how old it was and i could get this done with my background of growing up as a teen working on and with my stepfather's dirt work construction equipment (gasps) working as an ASE certified automotive technician and a mechanic he on our nation's nuclear power trident submarines. I was confident. I would be confident too. <laughs> see this see this nineteen seventy six dozer? <laughs> this sucker's nuclear. <laughs> I was confident that I could run and fix anything that might come up along the way. I bet. I I'm pretty sure too. Could you give my car a smog check? (laughs) After a bit of searching, we found one priced half as much as some in the same year and not in working order, except this one did. It is a 1947 Alice Calmer's uh, HD5 weighing in at 14,500 pounds. I, no joke, spent every day except the Sabbath dozing from April until September. Man, much credit to the operators prior to earbuds. It can be some mundane work. Thank goodness with my newfound interest in ham radio and the podcast, I was learning while pushing dirt for months. Oh, I'm so glad we could be there for you. Amazing. My two teens and I were on our way to studying. We were using the mentoring feature on the hamstudy.org app to create some friendly competition. I know not the intended use, but fun nonetheless. I signed up for my technician exam for September, but soon felt I was good with the tech material. I started studying for the general as well. Here we go. Well, test day came and I hadn't made it through the Gordon West book for general. I think I had the antenna section left. With five children, things happen at a different pace sometimes. Hard to read a book when you're operating a dozer. Yeah, and raising five children, honestly. (laughs) On the dozer. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly where you put them. Yeah. Oh, well, I will just sign up 
later for the general, when I got on the remote remote test session in the comfort of my home, they asked if I was going to do multiple tests. I quickly said, yes, I will take the general as well. Here we go. Oh, no. What have I done? You did it. It didn't cost anymore. You done did it. I took the technician. I passed. There's your first congratulations. Congratulations. Don't let me down. Okay, the real challenge. I hadn't finished the Gordon West book and no practice test yet accomplished. Oh, wow. Okay. I start the general test. Passed again. Wow. Two for... Congratulations. Good for you. The VEs asked if I wanted to go for extra. I said no. Good thing. Later that day, I went on the hamstudy.org app and took a practice test and failed so bad. Well, time went... On my wife bought me an IC seventy three hundred FT five DR and oh did I mention the flood problem is no more that was fixed but you know what projects one's wife can find when you have six acres and a dozer well I have done many projects fixed the dozer several times I built an eighty through six meter fan dipole eighty through six meter fan dipole. The snow killed the dipole. Holy smokes, that's a lot of wire. I got into a bit of soda and poda activation, all on two meters. Don't have a portable HF rig yet. So life, Take the a little study for extra here and there, but not much traction. So here comes Josh in 2023 with his extra by April challenge. I thought to myself, it's not mine. I need to do that. I didn't come up with it. I am just uh, adding amplification. I'm putting my linear on it. <laughs> I was a little late to hear it, too. I was behind on the podcast. Shh. It's, by what? the way, Ham Radio Clubhouse deserves the credit. Uh, this side of Ham Radio, those guys, all those folks, those good, good Ham Radio operators, I'm just amplifying their signal as much as I can. Nice. Well, I started studying with not too much motivation. Then before I know it, it was the end of March. So I decided I need motivation. So I signed up for April 28th. If I was to be honest, I had been waiting for Josh to whip up a study series for extra. Oh, man, uh, how would he do it with all he already does? (laughs) Oh, my God. I then came across an extra class study course by W4EEY on YouTube, and they were even doing it live. Mm. I highly recommend following this course. It is awesome. This is what What, I need. W4EEY. Okay. This is what I need. They were actually teaching the material. They have courses for tech and general, but I can't speak for those, but I'm sure they're good too. Long story short, I passed my extra still in April. I made the challenge as defined by Josh to include all of April. (laughs) Again, not defined by Congratulations. The, The great people over at the Ham Radio Clubhouse on YouTube. Go check them out. I am really grateful for you both with the sacrifice and service you provide. Recently, I commented on Facebook for one of the podcast links Josh posted of an idea. The post read, Josh, how about this idea? Ham Radio Crash Course Challenge to upgrade for each trimester of the year for each license level and followed with a Ham Radio Crash Course Challenge certificate for which upgrade you did signed by you-know-who, Leia, and oh, of course, (laughs) it's Josh Just like I, the most no, irrelevant the best of idea. signatures. That the is most. the best idea. No one else. Just Leia. <laughs> and you. Nope. Yeah. Nope. Nope. Just you. <laughs> it's that, Ted and, that oh, and is Josh. <laughs> the best idea. 
<laughs> the most irrelevant of signatures. <laughs> I, oh my God. I love it. I'll talk it up. You print them, <laughs> sign them, ship them. Best work. This sounds horrible. We'll make this happen. That's <laughs> then email to the recipient. Oh, see, email, Leia. Yeah, New Year's resolution, the challenge plan. Of course, individuals can jump on board at any point. What do you think? I love it. That's uh, from W7WRP. Uh, I want to add a little bit of my thought behind this. Why do some like Poda and Soda so much? Easy recognition. You even get a certificate and your call sign goes up on a stat board. I think your April challenge was awesome. And even if you don't incorporate my idea of certificates, I hope you still do these challenges. What do we call that? What, is it, what, what did he call it? Did he give it a name? Trimester? Not trimester. Quarterly, right? Would we do it? It's a ham radio crash course challenge certificate. Yeah. Oh, man, Josh. Would it be quarterly? It'd be quarterly, right? I don't know. I mean, you can break up a year however you want. Yeah, but what makes sense? None of you. it makes sense. <laughs> By the way, my oldest son passed his tech in 2020. And my second son passed his tech in 2020. What? And then in 2020, what? in 2021, he passed his general. What? They recruited two of their friends and they too passed their general class test. That's two. Oh, man. That's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> their friends and us have all done soda activations. That's super cool. What a cool family. Bunch of friends. I'll get. Why can't my friends, our friends, do ham radio? No, those are those are his his uh we have friends son's friends. Yes. <laughs> yes. Sure. Why can't all the friends be ham friends? <laughs> See some attached photos of the flooding and dirt and or dirt moving and soda poda photos on the Blue Mountain in the Olympic National Park and from the Fremont Fire Lookout at sunrise in Mount Rainier National Park. Ooh, Mount Rainier. I like the way you said that. Soda poda photos. Soda poda photos. Yeah. 73 from Will, W7WRP slash AE in Western Washington. Mm. Uh, Will has given us the link to the extra class course. I will drop that in the show notes. I found him and I subscribed. I... um. I haven't watched any of the videos, but they look like very energetic folk, and I just love the fact that they're doing what they're doing. This is great. I have to show you the moat. Show me the moat. <gasps> Yo. Oh my god. Good thing you got good thing you got a Jeep and your uh and your Camaros on jack stands. <laughs> Holy smoke. Look at the look at the trees though, Leah. Look at the trees. The fence looks like a bridge. <laughs> That's to keep the gators out. Holy That's smokes. That's a pond. That's, maybe you should have just kept it. Yeah, oh that, that's goodness. the right answer. Is I'm just going to kayak. Yeah. That is what? a lot of water. He said unfathomable amount of water. That is a, that is a, wow. How, they gave you a creek. 
hopefully nobody starts coming to your neighborhood to try to steal it. Okay. <laughs> this is the this is the government's land. This is Good oh. job. Got it through Glark. Oh, look at that. There's the Mount Rainier in the background, I think. Look, it's the whole family. Nice. Good looking family. There's the fire lookout. Oh, nice. I love a good fire lookout. Oh man. So I, I talked We to, haven't like, been to I, Washington together, but we have been to Washington separately. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, there that's a good looking dozer too. Look at that thing. Nice job. So Exciting. we I I stumbled onto a couple of TikToks that were fire lookouts that would do TikToks from the fire lookout. And I would show them to you and you're like, What is this insanity? Like going to live at a fire watch tower. And I'm like, Oh my god, I would love that. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Well, well, thank you so much for uh, sharing with us all those bell ringing opportunities. Oh my gosh, so picture. many bells were rung. I'll I'll drop that in the uh, HRCC podcast channel. That's Nick, beautiful. Do, please remind me. Yes. No, thank you. The next email is titled APRS and QRP HF in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. Okay. And this is from Tyler. Hey, Tyler. Hi, Josh and Leah. I've really enjoyed getting introduced to amateur radio through HRCC. HRCC. I received my tech license. Say it right, Leah. In July last year, followed shortly by my general license what? in October. The Ham Study app was extremely helpful in my prep, but also watching the HRCC channel on YouTube was extremely useful. Thank you. Huge congrats. That's the biggest congrats. Yeah. I wanted to get into amateur radio because I enjoy hiking and spend a lot of time in the Great Smoky Mountains National Park in East Tennessee and Western North Carolina. Most recently, I planned a three-day, 36-mile hike. Oh. On the Appalachian Trail from the 24th to 26th of March. And I wanted to include amateur radio as part of the trip. Good. My plan was con to conduct several soda activations while hiking and to utilize my Yesu FT3DR to beacon APRS so my wife could track my progress. Good. Since I'm just getting into the hobby, I have tre a tremendous Elmer who let me borrow a Yesu 817 to try out even better all right good little loadout here i know on josh's advice he recommends not going with a qrp rig for your first hf not radio backpacking yeah and borrowing <laughs> one helped me validate that thanks josh and thanks to the elmer network no i'm gonna go ahead and say if you're not carrying a 100 watt radio in your backpack you're doing it wrong no please everyone everything that i say should be balanced against the realities of your world. If right. you're planning to operate out of a backpack and hump that up and down a trail, go light, go QRP. It's fine. So it's an interesting thing because, you know, like when you're backpacking, mm -hmm. you can only hike for so long, right? And then you got to make camp. Mm -hmm. Oh, right? yeah. And that should be baked into your time. Right. And because you don't want to get to camp and be exhausted and be like, you know what? I'm just going to pass out on the ground. Right. But and you want to kind of set up in daylight like uh, camp. Nah, I would. You can I set would up wanna... with a head... Everybody's using headlamps now. You can set up a tent with a headlamp. No problem. 
But the idea of combining like backpacking, camping with ham radio makes a lot of sense because then you have something to do while you're by yourself. Uh, yeah, I mean, OK, so, yes, you're right. But uh, when you're like solo or just, you know, backpacking or whatever, there's a lot to do. Mm. Right. I mean, even boiling a meal and then like cleaning up and figuring out how to go to bathroom and do all that stuff. You and just go into the, you know, with a shovel thingy and then you go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, like all of that, like digging a, a cat hole and then, you know, doing your business in there. Why is it called a cat hole? Because cats bury their poop. Oh, really? Yeah, it's called a cat hole. Oh. So, I mean, doing, <laughs> doing all, so just take everything you normally do during a day, like, and then just make it take twice the time. Okay. That's kind of like what backpacking is because you got to build your home, right? When you get home, when you get to a spot at night yeah. and you got to set up your tent and you get, you, you have a mattress most likely, you got to blow that thing up, right? You got to like oh, yeah, unpack. Hammock. Hammocks are, well, good hammocks, particularly for the cold, take a while to set up because mm -hmm. they have an under quilt and all that stuff. Like it, it, everything just takes longer. Sure. Right. It's just that's just the nature of the beast because you're pulling out of the backpack. I didn't, I didn't know that good hammocks had underclothes. That makes a lot of sense because you don't want to have a cold butt when you're sleeping. Well, no, in cold weather. So even if you put insulation under you, once you lay on it, it crushes the insulation. So you lose that air right. cushion. Yeah. So usually they'll have runners on the side oh. and the runners hold. It's almost like an. It, it's literally a quilt that rides on those two runner lines and those go up under your butt. To mm -hmm. keep you warm. Oh, so smart. Yeah. Everybody check out Shug Emery. Shugity Shug Shug. All right. He's the best unicycle hammock channel. What? On YouTube. What? He's like a sideshow performer and also a hammock enthusiast and outdoor enthusiast. Wow. What a niche. I. <laughs> and he's in, in, he's in Minnesota cold. Oh, so man. he like all his hammocks are dialed for the cold. Ah, uh, oh, man, that guy. I've been following that guy over a decade now. Wow, like a long time. And he's still doing the unicycle hammock, sugging it up. Have I seen this guy? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Does he look like a crazy person? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he's, he's, he's like white dude. Uh, he, he did the whole like briefcase manipulation stuff and he does all the sideshow stuff and all yeah. that. Yeah, like he's, mm -hmm. he's, he's legit. He's okay. super cool. Well, Tyler continues, I wish the sort of activations went well. However, the CME event that happened late March 24 oh, no. to 25th made getting contacts difficult with only five watts. Oh, no. I still made contacts, but not enough to get a solid activation. It was still a successful trip, and I was able to utilize my HT and the Mount Mitchell two-meter repeater to get a couple of folks to contact me on HF to get a couple of extra contacts. That's good pretty good. You. Yeah. On day two of my hike, I fell on ice and injured my knee. Oh, no. While still able to hike after lots of ibuprofen, I decided that I should cut the hike short. Vitamin yes, I. You should. I have injured my knee from falling before, 
and it took me so long to recover. Oh yeah, I still my all my knees are screwed up. Now my left knee is screwed up because it was compensating for my right knee. Yeah. And you had knee surgery. Yeah, and yeah. ACL replacement. Yeah. Though out of cell phone signal, I was still able to send a message via APRS to my wife. Side note, the first time I tried this at my QTH, she kept deleting junk texts <laughs> until I explained it was me. <laughs> You have to send a uh, new number who dis. <laughs> so I was able to arrange a time and location pickup. When I got to the campground, I could no longer reach the repeater with my signal stick antenna on my HT. But I brought a Slim Jim antenna, so I hung yes! that high up. Yes! And I got back on the repeater yes! and got a message through that I had arrived at the campground. Uh, okay, so. These are all the things. These are all the things <laughs> I've talked about. These are all the things I've recommended to people. I am literally making a video in reply to one Kate MRD. He 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 came out pretty hard against APRS. Oh yeah, and then you fought back with a newsletter. That <laughs> that was voicing that was building the the narrative. Sometimes yes. for everybody who doesn't know, if you if you support me on Patreon, support us and the podcast on Patreon. Uh, even at the one dollar level, you get access to the newsletter, and a Which lot of the written time, by Josh, written by and, Josh, and heavily corrected by Leah, and so not even perfectly both, corrected. Both just, parties very much involved in the newsletter. Uh, I'm going to be honest; I think sometimes it takes me longer to edit it than it took. Oh me yeah, to yeah, I am. I am so bad. I and it's and it. <laughs> have you ever read Blood Meridian? I kind of <laughs> write like that. <laughs> Have you ever read Blood Meridian? Do you know what I'm talking about, Blood Meridian? No, but there were certain things where, like, when you write them, I'm like, you cannot possibly mean this. (laughs) And it's because you, like... There's no turn of phrase to get here. (laughs) So I always have to go back and go, did you mean to include a not in here? (laughs) Like... You, you wanted to say you're no longer going to be friends with Mike Kmrd. <laughs> yes. Is what you're saying? Yes, that is that is definitely over APRS. <laughs> Friendship's gone because <laughs> we have a disagreement about a pretty esoteric mode <laughs> in ham radio. I'm ride or die. That's APRS, how, That's, that's it. how you are so serious. <laughs> that's it. It's not the the most serious about APRS. Just just aligning myself with the argument that he made. He's like, you know, I only hear two groups of people that are like the most outspoken. The Morse code people and the APRS people. And that's just, I'm just playing into his hands and I'm playing into his argument. If I stop being friends with him, he did this on purpose. <laughs> he know. He knew. He, he knew I was going to, he know. That's what, yes. I, that's what I wrote in the newsletter. He know. He know, you know. He know what he did. He know what he did. <laughs> He knew I was going to cut him off. <laughs> he put that in there so I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, man. So There's times where I just want to be like, you know, I'm going to stop editing this and just tell you I'm done. I'm just done. <laughs> and then, and then you can just, I think you did that once. And then you got like a slew of emails. <laughs> <laughs> like, hey, Josh. Uh, do you need what exactly is wrong with you? <laughs> Did you have a stroke about halfway through this? Actually, I think that you did it because you were like upset with me. <laughs> I just <laughs> you were just like Sally Ford. Yeah. 
Sally Forth. And who paid for that? I, well, I think I had to read. I think I had to read my own writing four times, <laughs> and on the third time, I think I figured out what I meant. I, I, I just like I don't know, and this is this is like stupid. Oh, I'm an artiste, and I'm not. It's just it's when I when I write something, it's just stream of consciousness. I can't like it's terrible. So okay, like I, there's so many missing words. <laughs> so I don't know if you knew this about me. I think I talked about this. I stuttered as a child. Yes, I know this about you. And it was because, as I learned that, I. Th- thought faster than I could speak. Right. And it was only after telling myself to slow down to get everything out uh-huh. that I stopped stuttering. But it was almost like I had to have a conscious moment with myself to say like you're you got to slow down. And so now when I talk it's yeah. pretty good. It's okay. <laughs> I mean, all the YouTube kidding. videos, everything, like, I, I, like yeah. all that stuff. Like, mm-hmm. you, you just, I've honed the instrument on this side. The the typey type writey <laughs> stuff, still stuttering. <laughs> Never got out of the Have stuttering. Have you considered phase. maybe just dictating your <laughs> to your what newsletter? No, because it does. It, oh, that doesn't. That never never works, right? Okay. I mean, it could try. I guess we could try. It might be worse. Not sure, though. <laughs> At this point. Could, could still be better. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm glad that you cut your hike short, though. That's the smart thing to do. Could you imagine oh, hiking sure. on a hurt knee? Needless to say, I had a blast. And while I didn't get my soda activations accomplished officially, I still made several contacts at different locations and got to use different techniques to maintain communication. I also mapped out that portion of the AT with my APRS beaconing. So I know where I will and will not have success getting contacts through a digipeter when I go hiking again. Thanks for all you do. And I greatly enjoyed listening to the podcast. Well, thank you. Please submit your logs so that the chasers get the points. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, so that's 73s from Tyler KQ for BZN. Good for you, Tyler. I'm glad you had fun at least. That's the whole point. And now it's time. It's the final email. See, that's a drop. Someone submitted for us. Thank you for that. That's also what I'm committed to. That one, yeah, that one's going to be. That I goes. mean, we, we we can definitely take one for the first email. For sure. Yeah. First voicemail. We need Last little... voicemail. La- uh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> so many drops, if you just think about it. Everywhere where we, like, don't really have a trans... Like, we don't... We have the test, but we go from the test to the reviews, and there's no drop. Yeah, that's true. Right? So many drop opportunities. Drop opportunities. Yeah, if you will. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The next email is titled New England QSO Party. And this is from Volunteer oh, Podcast co-producer chaos. Nathan. Dear friends, listeners, and Mike Conversationalist. Nate, back in their last voicemail. Yeah. Last email. Yeah. And he's talking about one of the most chaotic QSO parties. Okay. It's that time of year again. Mm-hmm. May 6th and 7th is the New England QSO party. He has dropped a link. I will put that in the show notes. 
So if I gave you enough notice, why not try and contact some Vermonters, New Hampshireites, Massachusetts, 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 uh, Rhode Islanders, Mainers, Mainers, Mainers. They call themselves Mainers. I don't know. That's what Nathan calls them. The Connecticuters. What? Connecticuters. Yes. There you go. What a lovely time. A week or so ago, (laughs) I received my certificate from last year in my email. I was second in the single operator low power category for for my county. Good for you. The first place for that category lives down the street from me, almost exactly a quarter mile. Literally the same street of a cul-de-sac. I put a pin through his coax. (laughs) <laughs> I decided that this year I'll be first this with year. sabotage. That's <laughs> May the fourth be with you. <laughs> yes. Well, I'll let you get back to it. Whatever that may be. 73 K1 MAZ Nathan. Thank you, Nathan, for always keeping us updated on what's going on in the New England states. You know, I love that. Uh, the, the New England QSO party. For a lot of people who are trying to get worked all states, yes, many of those states, particularly for the folks in the Southwest, right? This yeah. is the time to make a good contact with them to get your worked all states out of the way. Uh, it can be a little chaotic, though, because it's multiple states. Like California has a QSO party. Texas has a QSO party. Florida has a QSO party. Those are all very big states. Right, right. And, and most of the states in the nation have their own QSO party. But the New England QSO party is just like so many states at one time. They're like, here you go. Let's let's do it. Knock it out. Yeah. So you, you can get a lot of QSOs. We're going to uh, throw some tea in the river when you're done. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever rivers. The, the Mainanites. Yeah. Well, Nathan has some quotes. Okay. Many men go fishing all of their lives without knowing that it is not the fish they are after. Henry David Thoreau. The true delight is in the finding out rather than in the knowing, Isaac Asimov. Mm. We are cups constantly and quietly being filled. The trick is knowing how to tip ourselves over and let the beautiful stuff out. Ray Bradbury. See, that's a good quote. Yeah. Ray Bradbury is a real turn of words. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Ray Bradbury. What did he so Fahrenheit four fifty one? All summer in a day. Um, um, something wicked this way comes. That was a good one. Um, what was his last book? I think I have a signed copy of his last book. He was married to Marilyn Monroe at one point. He was. I think so. Or was that F. Scott Fitzgerald? What did he ever do to you? F. Scott. <laughs> One of them was. I don't know. Who did Death of a Salesman? Uh, I don't know. I'm going to have to look that up. Okay, Leia's looking. Who wrote that? Arthur Miller. Maybe he was married to Marilyn Monroe. I think he might have been. One of them I was. mean, Ray Bradbury is a science fiction writer. They made a lot of money. They made a ton of money. Um, Did I, you look up Marilyn Monroe and what were you looking up with the furious typing there? Uh, Marilyn Monroe is the ninth cousin once removed to Ray Bradbury. So not married. <laughs> <laughs> Who did she marry? She married a couple of people. 
not JFK, that's for sure. Uh, so I got there. Isaac Asimov. <laughs> no, Arthur Miller. Arthur <laughs> yeah, Miller. Okay, yeah. there you go. So Arthur Miller met Monroe in 1951 while he was married to his first wife, and she was in between her first oh, and second marriages. After a brief that affair, guy is a trash bag. they kept up a correspondence <laughs> throughout Monroe's brief marriage to Joe DiMaggio oh, and Joe. Miller's separation. Uh, Arthur Miller marries Marilyn Monroe in Life magazine. So yeah, yeah. I'm assuming that, that took me a minute to get there, but I got I'm assuming there. that didn't work out because they cheated on each. That was like six degrees of separation in my brain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but we made it. Yeah. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. We have a lot of fun making it, and the fact you listen means a lot to us. Until we talk to you again, seventy three, seventy three. Good night, everybody.